been seeing a lot of things talking of people making commentary. Um, Interestingly enough, the ones I've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um, rioting, we should not be looting, we should not be tearing up our own communities. And then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket, we should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money. Um, but, you know, I feel like we should do both. And I feel like I support both. And I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices and they're there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up, and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters, and the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why. And that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those are people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. But they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get, is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why are people that broke? Why are people that, that food insecure, that clothing insecure, that they feel like they're only shot, that they're shooting their shots by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need? And then people want to talk about, well, it's plenty of people who pulled themselves up out of bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child, I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you, and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money, I didn't allow you to have anything on the board, I didn't allow you to have anything, and then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly, and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are pla those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we own our stores, where we own our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. 
So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your monopoly money. And then finally at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood, how can you win? How can you win? The game is fixed. So they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have. That if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning the fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. That was an appropriate way to start the podcast. Well, 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 she said a mouthful. Yeah. As they always say, speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. I'd rather hear from her than a lot of people that are listening right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I am Will K. The King. As usual, this is the Don of the King podcast. I don't know which episode it is because I never. Is it forty nine? Is it forty nine? I don't know. Let me check. It might be. Let's let's check my my trusty app. <laughs> it tells me which episode it is because I never pay attention to it. It's on me. Let me just go. See what happens. It is forty nine. Oh my god, you were right, Ashley. She's good for something. I'm I'm good for a lot of things. Yeah, so. Not from what I hear. You you just choose not to get the credit. Not from what I hear. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I stated, this is episode 49 of the Down to King podcast. Well, I stated that. Well, you didn't know. Look, get a black woman. She confirmed. <laughs> She's only halfway. I'm an Oreo, but I, I claim I the black. I give her half the credit sometimes because sometimes that Becky part comes out. And I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, guy. <laughs> All right. So as you can hear, you hear the Ashley K. K-A-Y is here. 
Um, Ashley K Y, whatever it is. I don't know. Hey, why? Kai? <laughs> Ashley Kai? It's not. Like... You didn't get the joke. <laughs> Kai. You didn't get the joke. K Y. Joey. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, I'm thinking. Right. I'm thinking. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, um, we also have another guest today. You you used to Ashley. She's here. She's old hat. She's used up. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, but today we have my wow. brother, Ricky Gavin, here today. Joining the pod for the first time. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, me and Ricky have been arguing on um, social media, on Twitter, for like, the last two weeks. Like brothers. Like brothers. This is all respect and all, and we just go back and forth. But right. we have, we'll have opinions on things. We'll have very strong opinions about different things, and um, so we decided, you know what, this would be a good conversation for the pod. So Ricky is joining us today. So welcome, sir. And thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it, brother. Love you much. And I, I love the podcast. My favorite thing to listen to when I'm on flights. I am very happy to oh, be here. I appreciate here. that. Is that how you? <laughs> well, I appreciate that, sir. We got a lot to get to. It's been a lot going on. Uh, the world is uh, in turmoil, but um, it's 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 needed. It's Where's very Captain necessary. Planet when you need him? It's very necessary turmoil. As far as I'm <laughs> it's like, do we combine all the elements of force to get here? Uh, I, I could do with Kwame, maybe. Even even to do with the monkey, but <laughs> I don't remember the rest of their names. Heart? Thinking they made a heart? What did I, that was the, the worst fight. It was really the worst. <laughs> This nigga got heart. Like, somebody say change your mind about this man. Heart. I'm like, no, fuck. You need to be heart. Right. Hey. Caribbean with the heart was had more power. Damn. At least they shot out a big ass heart and used some. Yeah. Yo, low key. If you think about it, what they gave everybody was appropriate. They gave the white boy fire. You deserve that. And all he was was privilege. He was always complaining and bitching about stuff. <laughs> he used to be a, a rowdy kid and shit, be in the church. He, 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 he was always having an attitude about something and shit. Like, we got garbage cleaned up. Really? We got garbage cleaned up? Like, <laughs> Don't we have people that we pay for that? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's rewatchable. <laughs> so now, it's everybody off. <laughs> There's a few of those. Um, like I said, we got a few things, quite a few things. It's a pretty long list, so we're going to get through all this stuff. It's going to be some interesting conversation, I'm sure. Um, so the first thing, um, because it's the most recent thing, and I want to make sure I get his name right, it's Richard Johnson? Brooks. Brooks. So first of all, rest in peace to Richard Brooks, um, another young black man, um, unarmed young black man killed by the police, while end up shot in the back while running away. Um, let's first uh, understand that he, the police were called because he was sleeping in his car in a Wendy's parking lot. Wasn't fuck with anybody. He was sleeping in his car. And I didn't watch the video. The, the body cam footage has been released. Um, the, since then, the police chief has stepped down and one of the cops was fired. Mm-hmm. The other one was given death duty or something. Of course. Because bullshit. Typical. Um, my, so... I was struck by this situation for two, well, for one main reason. So other than the fact that what happened, you fall asleep in your car. I, can, I know all of us at some point have fallen asleep in our car. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of which, was it two years ago, was when I still worked in Lansing, um, 
mind you, the weekend I had a nerve issue in my jaw, so I I didn't sleep for like five days straight because literally the pain was that bad. Mm. I would eat ice and it would subside the pain, but then once the ice melted, it would come right back. And so what I would do is I would put ice in my mouth and try to go lay down. As soon as I as soon as the ice melted, sharp pain would be right back up. I couldn't sleep. So I remember going to work and I left work, go to my car, and I would start my car. And the next thing I know, I wake up and the security guard is running me like, hey King, you gonna be alright? I'm like, what the hell are you doing in the car? <laughs> Apparently I fell asleep. I passed out whatever from exhaustion. And one of my employees just happened to walk by and see me slumped over my car with my car on and got worried and called security. Now, what if that was a situation where the police were called? Because I'm sitting, I'm a black man sitting in my car and they harassed me or they, they had called, they had cost me because I'm a black man sitting in the car. Thankfully, it was people that know me that found me mm-hmm. and it wasn't a situation, but just understanding there have been plenty of times that I've driven home from work and, been, and and stopped at the grocery store, stopped at the Kroger or something and dozed off in the car for me before I go in because I'm tired. Shit, we, uh, we've all done it at some point. So for him to be in the booth or something, something so as benign as Jim sitting in his fucking car. But in his case, it's smart. He was drunk. So he's trying to smoke off fucking liquor, which is a good thing. They tell you to drive, so he did the thing you're told not to do. Uh, you're told to do. Don't drive. Don't drink and drive. So he decided, I'm going to pull over this Wendy's this parking lot and fall asleep. And they called the police on him. And the police show up, and they accost him. And, and it turns into the point where he, he runs away, and they decide to shoot him in the back. He's not posing a threat. He's running away from you. You already confirmed he has no weapon on him. So why the fuck are you shooting him? At, at this point, uh, I, it doesn't matter what we do. We have enough examples of uh, people that we collectively know their names. It, it, it does. It does not matter what we do. It, it literally comes down to our existence that we're going to be met with hostility um, from white people in law enforcement. Uh, how many more, you know, uh, options uh, or or experiences that we need to be able to show it does not matter you know, it doesn't matter you know you look at even what happened in Atlanta um, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms uh, when the first uh, protest occurred her and Killer Mike and T.I. got up there and I was going to bring that up too you know calm down and Atlanta's been there for you yeah you know and I'm like well goofy is it still there for us now yeah I'm talking about Atlanta's Wakanda and you know Superman's Killer Mike Y'all niggas, y'all niggas got money in that. So that's the reason why y'all got it. We got to organize. Even, even the messages they have, where in my opinion, they were trying to play uh, left of center. Um, even those messages, less than a month later, are deeply, deeply inappropriate. It, to me, it's either burn this bitch down or you not with us. You know, I, there's, there's no articulating. There's no organizing your way out of this. There's no voting your way out of this. Uh, this is, it needs to be met with hostility. And I, I think, too, the point, I don't know about them, but I know in some people and even discussions I've seen on Facebook as well, is people saying that we kind of have to do like how the Black Panthers did. They actually met, had meetings, and they strategized like how, like, if we're going to fight fire with fire, we have to be smart. We have to start carrying weapons. We can't just all oh, this peaceful protest without our weapons. Well, even that was, was met it was met with it was migration and new gun laws and all kinds of shit because they didn't to me in my opinion anytime we try to if there's going to be so 
in the black community, it's always been talked about how you know we're not always on the same page. We're all you know it's we're always, not. We're, but it's but part of that is everybody has different goals in certain cases. On a normal day, your goal might be, you know, I'm just going to go to work and do my job and go home, take care of my family, whatever that is, and that's it. Um, somebody else's goal might be, you know what, I want to create a better environment for my children, which is a totally different goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's making sure your kids are good while you're, you're taking care of them is different, but making sure their future is good is a different goal sometimes for some people. Some people can't do both. So my thing is this, if... Our, or our goal is just, you know, I just want to have a, a normal existence and not really ruffle any feathers. Right. And there are some people that have that mindset. The reality is, though, they've shown that they don't have any fucking thought for us. Mm-hmm. It's re- and like I don't, somebody just posted earlier and they said, "Why is it that the term black? I don't understand why Black Lives Matter bothers people so much." I said, "You got to understand something. It goes against everything they've been taught to believe. Mm-hmm. They've been taught to believe that they're they're the superior. They're they're better than us. They are more important than us. They're more favored than us in the eyes of their their religion. They're they are, and it also challenges that myth they created that all men are created equal because the reality is they don't treat us that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes against everything they founded this country on." Oh, all men are created equal. But no, because the men that were here, y'all still didn't treat them equal. Y'all still have the three-fifths compromise in the fucking Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It hasn't changed. It's still there. So, like, this it, the whole myth, it's just like um, the movie, uh, what was that fucking movie? Um, the Vinci Code. And how so many Christians were mad because the whole premise of that movie is the basis for what they created religion and Christianity on is a lie. And if anybody finds out, all that shit falls apart. It's the same thing with America. They founded this country on this belief that anybody can make it here. It's the land of the free. It's all this other bullshit that they've created this country based on. Mm-hmm. But the reality is they don't, that don't show only applies to the majority. It only applies to white people. Mm-hmm. It only applies to the people who we lifted up. Mm-hmm. We created this, we built this fucking country. That shit was built on our backs. Mm-hmm. So the reality is they it goes against everything they believe, everything they've been taught to believe. They've been taught to believe they're in, they're, they're, they are the dominant race. Mm-hmm. And, they they're, and they, they're, they're fearful of the fact that if we were ever to get together and actually burn it out and really it, say, we would wipe the fuck out we would wipe the fuck out and that's the, that's the reason why drugs were introduced into the communities all those things that they've done to separate black people and put them in different areas and stuff and keep them from being together and organized that shit has always been done for that exact reason yeah. because they don't want us to ever get to a point anybody, anytime a, a leader is stepped up in the black community to do some shit they assassinated them. Assassinated them. or ghosted. Like, you don't hear from them niggas no more because something happened. Or they try to buy them off. Or all these different shits. Next thing you know, you got people like Candace Owen, dumb bitch ass, out there trying to sell us. That bitch. We're going to talk about her too. <laughs> but I just, this, I don't understand. I mean, I understand. I do. I, I can't almost say I don't understand. Because reality is a shit. This is your tire. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, we're all tired. We're all tired. Like, yeah. This shit is giving, like, I have already had a couple gray hairs. I know I've got more gray hairs than the last few weeks of this shit. And it's like, what do they, what do they expect? I guess is my question. Because 
These are the same people who were frustrated because they had to wear masks stay at home. And they couldn't get a haircut. They couldn't get a haircut. They couldn't, they couldn't go, go to the, the mall. These niggas was they, they, take... they went to the Capitol with guns, with automatic weapons. Some weren't even they... wearing masks. It got in the state police face, mind they you. they couldn't go outside. Yet the, the, yet the police they didn't fear for their life. The craziest they were pulling guns out on like, them and saying, kill these say, crackers. As soon as black people like, say, you know what, fuck it, we fed up. Y'all just killed us on on national and, uh, and oh, they're terrorists. Yeah. We need to implement the uh, the army. Like, we need to do like, martial just, law. Like, like y'all don't niggas, riot, don't lose. Fuck yeah. Oh, but what about Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King. It's the, thing, it's the thing. It's the same like, thing with Muhammad Ali. White people love to uh, to change the narrative of surrounding black heroes to fit whatever niche is like. Oh. Yeah, we want to sanitize his his reality is Martin, yeah. Martin was about peace, but at the same time he also recognized that some of the shit what, And they still killed him. He has a limitation and it still killed him. So Muhammad Ali niggas are oh Mama Ali my hero. No. Y'all niggas y'all niggas be sanitizing y'all history on some And y'all threw him in jail Martin because he refused for y'all to bullshit. fight in a war that he knew was fucking. Martin Ali wasn't for y'all bullshit. Y'all niggas didn't really like y'all wouldn't rock y'all didn't rock with everything he thought. Y'all just oh he's he's the greatest, he's the greatest and y'all y'all felt y'all y'all say y'all latched on that shit and forget everything else. Because the majority of white people only view black people as coons as a source of entertainment instead of somebody that they can somebody actually can look up it. to. Yeah. Mm, yep, that's I think, well, well, to me, one of the most heartbreaking parts is how those ideologies pushed on white people have been taken hold by black people. Uh, but people think, or they can't really see the brands and Martin Luther King. Uh, HBO has a documentary, uh, King in the Wilderness, where it, it discusses the uh, last 18 months of his life and just about the people that was there. And one of the things you quickly come to understand is how immensely brilliant Dr. King was uh, when he transitioned from uh, fighting uh, systemic oppression in the South to making uh, the transit to the North, um, there were people that were against the nonviolent protest that he would put forth. Uh, people think that's the way to protest in general. Well, no. He was peaceful because it brought aggravation. It brought the wretchedness of white people out. So even down South, they were overt as far as uh, being against segregation. And he moved up North, he realized he couldn't protest that way because the Northern cities were getting more integrated. So his next tactic was to take on poverty and slums and the projects. And when he did that, that's when you saw the white people react adversely to his protest. And when you talk to a lot of black people, they see that the piece of protest that he did, they think that's a, a weak way to protest, but it was something that was a point to that. We're at the point now where a lot of the things that we do specifically protesting um, is not going to move or agitate white people in the way that it should. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the process can't be uh, being uh, creating a digestible message for the people that are against you. You have to give them something they can't digest. You have to you have to do things in a way that's going to offend them because that's the only way that they're going to wake up. So, burn the Wendy's, burn the CBS's, burn the buildings. Let's start walking around with weapons. Like, my thing is, you have your clothes that are have a political message. You have to be hostile towards them. These are your enemies. Colin Kaepernick tried to Lord. make it. He tried, he tried. He tried. to do something he that was. Job. He at first, because people forget. Like I think people forget. Nigga, he sat first. Yep. He sat first. Uh-huh. Nate Boyer said, "Yo, in the military, when we lose a a, um, a, a comrade, we kneel and honor him. Uh-huh. So do that instead." Uh-huh. A military man told him to kneel, and that still wasn't good for you, bastards. Yep. 
because yep. it's disrespectful to the flag. Which, and, and you ain't paying attention to words. According to Drew Brees. Well, it is. <laughs> and, and he's the only one. Yeah, the reality is, people don't listen. They hear what they fucking want to hear. And the reality is, he said multiple times, mm-hmm. this was not about disrespecting the flag or the military. Nate Warner came out and said, I'm the one who told him to kneel because it wasn't disrespectful. And y'all niggas, he's a white guy, y'all still listen to him because yeah. y'all didn't want to. Yeah. Y'all didn't want to hear that shit because it, went, it was easier. It's the same way I, I work while I work. Just like when um, Trump and him were attacking um, the Affordable Care Act. You know how many people, white people don't know that Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act was the same thing? Yep. People would call in like, yo, I got this Obamacare, but what about the, oh, it's the same, what? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, because they branded it that way on purpose to fuck with y'all. They wanted y'all to hate it, and since y'all hated Obama because he was a black man, oh shit! If we 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 tie this shit to his name and call it Obamacare, y'all gonna hate it. And that's all they did. And you motherfuckers fell for that shit. So then when they start taking, but you know, oh wait, no, but I got a formal character. No, nigga, it's the same thing. Like stupid, but that's what they do. They toss some shit and make it seem like it's going to get something that you people love, because you white people love y'all military. <laughs> y'all love y'all soldiers so much, but y'all motherfuckers on the street when they come back. Right. But y'all love them so much. Y'all love them so much. But the VA is back there for five, six years, mm-hmm. ten years. People fucking walking around with amp- amputated legs and shit, but they can't get certain. And I have, yeah, and I, I know people on Facebook who have loved like, ones that are in VA hospitals, and they said that the service is ridiculous. And if, that's, if you can even get in, what yeah. it so fucking long? But yeah, but we love we love our military though. We love them when they fighting for us. Once you done fight, once you can't fight for us, you show ass to the side. We'll go for the next person. I'm just boys. I saw on Twitter where somebody said, uh, "If uh, violence doesn't work, why do we have wars?" Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you, you, you want a larger military, and for overwhelming majority of America's history, they've always fought unjust wars, wars that made no motherfucking bad sense. And sense most of the time, we're, we're, the ones, we're the ones we're the ones that start the war. So. It's all about oil. It's all about oil. except for yeah, like World War Two because they attacked us. That's different. World War Two, I can see because Japan attacked us. Even if don't forget, it took a long time for it took it took a long time for the U.S. to get involved with that. Oh yeah. But you know, so once they attacked us, I understand you retaliating for that. It, it's but. weird that they are they're so it's not weird, but it, it demonstrates how malicious they are when they are so unwilling to take accountability or understand the valid criticism that they're receiving. Like they, are, they, they can't even imagine that we've had a different experience with America. You know what I mean? That our grandparents and our parents, our ancestors fought in the war. They built this motherfucker and we still have a very tense relationship with that. Their failure to acknowledge that is indicative of their it's, it's the it's the it's the whole out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. If they don't they're they're so separated from that experience that it just seems because in their mind, because they're you they they're speaking from a position of privilege. Yeah. And for them, they can't imagine that being possible. Because they don't experience it. And so when a black, but my thing is this: How can you question somebody if, if multiple black people have told you, "Yo, this is what's been going on"? The fucking singers in the seventies tried to tell you about this shit. The fucking NWA in the eighties tried to tell you about this shit. Ice T tried to tell you about this mm-hmm. shit. But no, all y'all did is criticize him for cursing on records. It's not like, It's always this thing about no, we're gonna criticize the messenger and ignore the message. It's like no. Look, motherfucker, this is what's going on. We're getting beat the fuck down. And y'all don't care. 
y'all don't care because y'all cared about y'all so worried about black men showing imagery of us with weapons. It's because nigga, we gotta fight y'all. We don't have a choice because if we don't, nigga, we dead. But they don't understand it because or they don't care to understand. I'll say that. Yeah. Because it's this whole thing of, like I said, it's this whole. Oh, I don't. I ain't never seen it. So, um, I remember when when I watched the meat doc and Michael Rubin was talking about. He's like. When I would have these conversations with me, I'm like, no, that's not possible. That shit don't make no, not that shit. Because for him, it just seems out of fucking the realm of possibility because it's so far from his experience. And sometimes when you don't experience and you don't, you don't, you like, no, that's not possible. It's like, no, but no, motherfucker, yes. It's just like when some people know somebody and somebody tells them um, about, for even the people that defended Cosby. Are you been telling you he's a trash human being? But other people are like, well, no, I've never seen that about nigga. That don't mean you. It doesn't just because he do it to you. Exactly. Don't it doesn't change the fact that these people are victims of his fucking behavior. What, what I find is that it's applicable across the board, across all spectrum of identities, where the people that are in power never listen to the oppressed. Nope. They never respect the articulation of their oppression. They never respect the solutions that they have to their oppression. Uh, whether you're uh, it's a, a straight person ignoring a uh, gay person, whether it's a cis person ignoring a trans person, whether it's a skinny person ignoring a fat person, whether it's a light skinned person ignoring a dark skinned person, the same thing as universally was understood so far, whether it's black people understanding black people. Or um, black men understanding black women. That's it. I mean, it was my, my thing when I look at it now is that um, how do we treat these people that take so long to progress? I think. It's, I guess it's twofold because I think on one, it depends because I feel like there are people who are truly ready to understand and listen and while I can fault you for being too totally stupid and oblivious for all these years, I can say, yo, what the fuck were you not paying attention to? But now if you're ready to do the work, let's do the work, but you need to put the work in and really actually be about the change because the reality is as much as I want it to change, it's not going to change without allies. It's just not because the reality is y'all are still in power. Y'all are still the majority. And unfortunately, we do need allies in order to really push this shit forward and make it change. However, if you're just doing this shit just for the look, get the fuck on. Because that's what's going to show me because I'm always about action. Because you can tell me and I'm, action does not mean you donate money here and there. Like, what are you actually doing? Oh, like Bob. Like, no, don't just tell me you don't tell me you donated in uh, uh, fifty uh, thousand dollars here or whatever. That's just a tax write off for you. They don't mean shit to me. But what are you actually doing to make change? What are you doing on the ground level to say, you know what? I'm about. I'm creating this. I am doing this, and you can talk. What have you done to get people out of? Like, what are you, what are the steps you've actually taken to make a change? None. Not saying you're ready to like, because it, it kind of, we can have all the conversation all day. Conversation don't mean shit if you don't go nowhere. I think I'm a little bit further back on that. I feel like um, the solutions to the people's issues have already been articulated, and either you're with it or you're not. You know what I mean? So to me, uh, I'm not willing to entertain the conversations of trying to teach you how to be a better human being and teach you empathy. Your daddy should fuck you out when you was three or four. Someone. It was funny because I had this conversation with one of my homies like um, a few days back. I think we it is a possibility we might be going back to uh, desegregation, like going back to integration because a lot of people, some people, one of my best friend's mom who actually grew up in the South, she grew up when everything was segregated and 
she said they had their own black stores, their own black movie theaters and stuff. She said it was fine. It wasn't all broke down and raggedy like the history books like to say, like, oh, like, people just had poor this, 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 that. The problem is that when we had our own um, shit, they took it away. Yeah. And that's the thing, is even and even when things were de- were segregated, they still didn't want that on shit. Like the Tulsa um riots that happened like in we, the nineteen twenty like, Black Wall. They Street. didn't want us to they didn't want us to have They did shit. that. Black Bottom in Detroit, like they didn't want us to, every time we had our own shit, even when shit was segregated, oh no, y'all too y'all y'all doing too well. Shit. People don't know this. Compton was a suburb in the day. Mm-hmm. Compton was a fucking black suburb. And then they said, no, we're going to put drugs and shit there. It's going to be this down. Ronald and, Reagan. Like, Compton was a fucking, like, like, it was a, like, it was a good, like, nice, like, high-end place before. And now all we know Compton for is for fucking gangster shit. That's all you know for. Because at some point, they always, is the same thing. They see us prospering. We can't have that shit. Every time we prosper, they got to have that shit. We got to, we got to, yeah. we can't, we can't have that. We can't, we can't allow it. We gotta make sure. It's cool if it's one or two of y'all, but a whole community of y'all, no, we can't allow that shit. And and I have to explain this to an incompetent white dude because he feels like, well, everybody in America has the same privileges. Your parents are poor, and that's their fault. I don't make excuses for them. So, and I'm like, uh, the reality is, is people. This is the thing that I hate uh, people that uh, white people say this shit. Well, I was poor too. Okay. So here's the thing about privilege. Privilege does not mean that you are automatically rich. That's not what that means. Right. What it means is you could go around every day and not fear for your life because you're white. Mm-hmm. Simply put. As a black man, not only do I have to worry about the fact that I'm not going to be allowed in certain spaces because I am a black man, but the day I, every time I walk out the door, it could be the last day I walk home because I'm a black man. The privilege is me even having to explain that to you. And the fact that I have to tell you that yeah. just explains to me why you are, you're yeah. fucking, like, it's just ridiculous. So, social media is teaching us uh, about how we interact with each other. So you can tell right off the bat when somebody asks you a question that they can look at themselves where they're headed towards in that, in that regard. Uh, if you ask me a question, you can educate yourself or look up on yourself or just talk to your phone or be in the, we're in the fucking information age, I'm going to react hostile to you. You know, because you, you're already asking me to give you energy it's not my job to teach. I always say it's not the job of the oppressed to teach the oppressor. It's not. You, we've done as much. Like we've done our part, and we've consistently done our part. And every time we try to do our part, you don't push us back in. We've done actually through art, culture, music, books, really. writing. Really, it, it, it Y'all take what y'all want from us, and then y'all say, you know, y'all go back down there. I mean, unfortunately, it has to come to a point where we're gonna have to start shooting them because uh, they keep the, or yeah. even beating them up because I, I honestly <laughs> feel like the reason why they continue to do the things that they do to black people is because, well, all black people are gonna say, oh, we forgive but you. But the reality is that we're gonna pray for you. Know, but no, that is the thing. Black people are way too forgiving but that's also one of the ways they impressed us is they gave us they gave us this religion to say hey but because oh no they, they twisted the it was christianity people, they twisted that well, to was the white man christianity is not created by the white man i will say that because i am a christian but i also know jesus is black and it's not white how they portray it we'll, we'll say we'll say at least the way they, they gave it to us you know, yeah they, they, we'll, we'll go with that read, but, read, yeah unless she was able to read the bible and as far as you articulate, I had an issue with the forgiveness because what comes with forgiveness is atonement. Yep. 
And uh, there people always say, like, no, oh, well, I, I'm forgiving you for myself. They don't want your forgiveness. And that, that is a hard because even I battle with that, too, because even yeah. though it, it breaks it down in the scripture, but it's still confusing. Like, I'm not giving that Because how I feel is just like, if you're not sorry for what you did to me, why am I forgiven? Yeah, I, always, I always use the uh, same Godfather 1. One of my first time I watched Godfather, the part where Vito tells Michael that the person that brings him the deal about Marzini to, to reconcile with him, that's the person that betrayed him. And for years, I didn't understand it. I had a, a, a friend of mine, she explained it to me. She was like, um, your friend is not going to come to you until you forgive somebody without them paying for it. So, you know, here, Vito lost his son, Michael lost his brother, and your friend come to you and like, let's have a sit down. Your friend should be coming to you saying, let's go to war. Yeah. So that, that was a dead giveaway. You know what I mean? Because you can't say, let's let's work this out. Bitch, we're going to work out. Or see, he ain't reach out to me and, you know, atone. Is this son not dead? You want to atone? Put your son on the pattern. And we can start from there. If your friend's job is about to come to you and say, oh, let it go. Man, fuck out of here, bro. Like, rage and anger and hate are valid emotions. They're just as valid as happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. And I think what people don't understand is like until you lose somebody that you love or you get tired of seeing the shit over again, it's just like, can we for once get a black person that's going to keep it real on the news? Because I honestly feel like sometimes they just pick the people because even with um, with George Floyd's brother and they were saying like how he spoke at one of the uh, protests and he was just like, this isn't the way to do it. Like, we got to talk this out. And it kind of was just like... Oh, that was uh, that. That was just... It was fantastic. I remember the brother. Because brother spoke in front of Congress. Oh, yeah. I, I think what it's made me do is wonder who in my life would burn shit down for me. Mm-hmm. And I know without a shadow of a doubt my sister Tina is going to be the person that's going to be like, bro, let's kill everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's the person you want on your team is like, okay, okay, let's take everybody to church now. But also playing for... We don't, we don't have enough people on, that, on our own specific Person, not personalized. And I, what it comes down to, too, I think a lot of black people, they're just a, so a lot of people are afraid to die before it's their time because looking in retrospect, a lot of these people, because we're talking to one of my friends, it was a scenario situation where it's just like, okay, if you got your own gun and you're licensed to carry and the cop pulls up on you, pulls a gun out on you, you can pull your gun back out on them, shoot the cop. Boom. You're still alive, but then the fucked up part is now if they find you, you're gonna send more police out, and then you're gonna end up being fucked. Just like when Dave Chappelle talked about in his special 846 with, um, I think his name was Christopher Dorner. Chris Dorner. Chris, Chris Dorner, where he worked on the LAPD and he filed an incident report uh, because like somebody on duty at the time like assaulted one of the people that they were trying to arrest, made the report LAPD basically ended up firing him and so he goes mad and said fuck that I'm taking matters into my own hands ends up killing people from the LAPD but yeah. what ended up happening is him being surrounded by 400 other cops and- I, I will say that because they, 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 cops understand fighting for their own but they don't understand what we react that way mm-hmm. it's this whole I don't understand y'all are connected by a uniform nigga we are all like we're a community y'all are just y'all got a job nigga you know it's a um one of the things that I watched recently on YouTube was about the uh, military formations. You know, you look at old military movies mm-hmm. and you see everybody coming up in a, in a line and there's a line formation. And you ask yourself, like, oh, that's a stupid fucking formation, but then it kind of works. So you have to look at what's required of a military mindset. A uh, military mindset is said, not only am I going to put myself and my family in front of this, I'm going to put my whole, you know, I got to put everything on the line to do this. Um, black people, despite the uh, enormous challenges that we face, 
we don't have a system or a structure where you have to pretty much indoctrinate somebody into believing that you're sacrificing your life for the greater good. Uh, when you go to the military now, when they do the training, they have to brainwash you of, of that type of mentality of, of seeing yourself as a person. You have to see yourself as a complete unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that with the ANC in South Africa. We must have Mandela and them when they were bombing buildings in South Africa. It has to be that's that's literally the only mindset that works. You have to have everybody say, "Give me liberty or give me death." And I do not say that uh, lightly, because I understand to say that you are going to have to die and you are likely going to have to die for this. But you have to ask yourself, what are you going to put forward? Uh, unfortunately, we've seen that everything, every tactic we've tried so far, has not worked except. The one final solution. Bang, bang. We have a bunch of niggas say as like she said, like y'all are happy that we want equality and we don't want revenge. Because when that switch is flipped, y'all niggas think it's bad now. Mm-hmm. If it gets like when it gets to that point where everybody's like, you it's heading there. Yeah, like I said, once that once that switch is flipped, they're gonna really be. That's like, why when Action Impact opens in Southfield, I will be there taking my gun. Well, Rachel, what's beautiful is that it's it's only ever take a handful of people. And I, I, I realize we don't need to be all on the same page. No, we don't. No. All it takes is just a handful of people that's just like, you know, let's go. You know what I mean? Um, and the first one is gonna blast through the doors, the one's gonna lose their life, but it's the one that's gonna be push the issues that we have a bit further. You know, uh, violence is the only thing that white people seem to be able to honestly articulate. They haven't yep. shown anything different to the country. Even though they claim they're good, they're good people. Huh. I think well, they've used violence as a, as a method to resolve their issues for years. Yeah, KKK. Well, when we respond with it, so, all of a sudden we're the animals. Same thing. Is it wrong that I want to get on Sunday? It's at it's, 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 uh, it's a point now where these type of actions are going to awaken those people that are like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, like, because it, it, to me, it makes no sense. You know, I, my daughter's five, and it's been a, a, a terribly large burden to realize that my daughter's not free and not likely to see freedom in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, that by the time that she votes, she's going to be doing the same thing her daddy did, where going to be voting for less, lesser through evils. It's a freedom that we've never gotten to experience. My daddy didn't get to experience it. You know, I didn't get to experience it. Uh, it's a... White people always said like, like, this civil rights movement was like a hundred thousand years ago. Because no. Rosa Parks said it was fucking years. My, my pop was born in '56. Emmett Till was born in '55. My dad would tell us, no. my grandma, my grandma, and my grandpa are from Mississippi. My dad was telling us when my dad was born in '62. He would tell me about when they would go down to Mississippi to visit and seeing like people went hanging from trees and shit. Like even yeah. back then mm-hmm. in Mississippi. So that shit is not like. Those are experiences that I was told it's about. It's not a fairy tale, I know for y'all. a fact, like you was talking about the person that will burn shit down. I, 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 I would say without a doubt, my sister, my dad. Yeah. If anybody kills one, take, like, takes one of my, my, his children, yeah. I've seen my father angry but then sad twice in my life. Mm-hmm. If somebody took one of his children... It's gonna be like taking blood from where you are. Yeah. Like he burning, like, especially if it's like, oh, some shit, like just something, but like, oh, he burning. Like, I, I can imagine it too. Like that. Like, I feel like that type of anger is valid too. It's like if you're about to whoop somebody's ass and one of your friends step in front of you to tell you not to do it, you're not my friend. I knew, I knew when my dad, so one time I got, I was I was coming home from work, I was working at Best Buy, and I caught the bus that massage to my house, and I was. Stand at the corner and this dude walked up on me and I have my headphones on. 
I stand at the bus stop and he walked up on me. He said something when he walked past and I didn't hear him. So I took my headphones, he came home and pulled the gun. So he put me in his car and took me and they took my head. I just went to the bank and I gave him a little bit of money I had, whatever. And so I called my dad and I was like, yo, I'm here. And he pulled up with his gun. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so from that point, I was like, oh, dude. It's just like when my brother got in a car accident and some dude had escaped prison or something. Mm-hmm. And a nigga hit my brother. And my brother called my dad. My dad pulled up like, yo, where this nigga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so my dad, like my dad, he is... He's not playing. So if I, if I know for a fact, he will be ready to go to war. He has a weaponry to do it because he can't. You need, you need those people that understand that today that uh, riots and, and, and um, I wouldn't even say riots. I think riots is a bad word. Uh, uprisings are the result of such grief. You know, if you if you lost people, if you lost a loved one, you should understand that. Grief. People don't understand dra- trauma. trauma yeah, they don't. Because it's not... Because if they lost a loved one, they probably lost more than that. If it, it may not be something directly close to them, but when you continue to lose people that are either of your community or people you're close to or people are a family or people that are friends or people who look like you and be like, that could have been, been me. Like, that's that's trauma. There are people who still have trauma from fucking slavery and, and the fucking civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. That, that shit's still there. And the reality is we are we've been raised in a society where that shit trickles down and in the black community mental health was never a topic so until right. recently so we just dealt with the trauma we just kept dealing with the fact that yo i'm a black man or i'm a black woman i'm gonna be treated a certain way i'm gonna go through a certain way of society there may be certain exceptions i might get to a certain level but it's only gonna be so far there are always gonna be a couple of exceptions to the rule but for the most part we are where we are that small percentage of the small percentage ain't really gonna do shit for me. It irritates me because I'm like, uh, you shouldn't have to experience it to understand it. Right. Right. You know, empathy is something that we're all born with. Empathy is tied to your imagination. Your imagination is limitless. There's nothing I can tell you right now that you can't imagine. If I tell you to imagine a blue cat with an orange tail with eagle's wings, you can imagine that. So, you know, you shouldn't have to experience it to understand that. And, and, and that gets me too. So, one of the conversations that's been going on is well yes everybody we are we are people mobilized and everything even when it came to um, George Floyd there's been a lot of conversation about the conversation not surrounding Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. um, what I will say to that is I, I, I agree I also understand it to the extent only because people actually watched George Floyd die yeah. so I think people seeing it visually it's the same thing with um We've heard about football players hitting women for years. When people saw what Ray Rice did, it uh, impacted them differently. I will say that. Right. Whether that's right or not, I understand because people people see shit and for whatever reason, even though they know the shit going on, until they see it, it's like, oh shit. And I think it was that coupled with the casual nature of the officer with his hands in his pocket looking at the camera like, eh, I'm just but, a regular day. I, now, it's not right. And reality is, we as black people, because I can't, I'm not going to expect white people to do this, but as a black community, we have to understand and, and make it clear that our black women are just important. It's important as a black man. At the end of the day, it's not just, black lives matter doesn't just apply to black men. But I, I think people that take that, that stance have illustrated that they're not as important. You know, we didn't see text for Trayvon. We knew how to react very true. That's true. Um, That's true. We, we didn't see for uh, a lot of people that were. We didn't see taste for Amadou Diallo. Well, what I, and what I mean by reaction, I'm not just talking about the black reaction. I'm talking about overall, like media wise, white people, the march, all that stuff. That that for the because I think for white people, 
that's the reason why it's such a jarring thing because they actually saw it happen. The Trayvon Martin one for black people, I totally understood. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, I don't think it's right. I do understand to some extent why those people are that way. Whether it's right or not, I'm not here to judge that because at the end of the day, we as black people have to make it clear. Well, allow, me, allow me to judge. I see judgment as processing information. So if somebody can't react the same way to Breonna Taylor as they reacted to George Floyd, I don't know how to value that type of sentiment. Uh, personally, me, I'm, I'm not going to value that type of sentiment because, again, it goes back to how, why do I have to explain this to, to this degree to get that type of reaction out of me? True. Uh, even, even with uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, I think that was a, the next topic we're going to go to. That's on yeah, 846, um, yeah. He received a lot of criticism. And, and allow me to, to read this. I think it's, uh, it was a really important article. Um, very quickly, this was written on Medium, and it's from David Dennis Jr. Um, he says that Dave Chappelle is the preeminent voice of this generation's cis heterosexual black man. And all that means he often comes with the transphobic, misogynist language that stops us all from being free. Even as he speaks with surgical precision about the way racism ratchets callous hands around the necks of black men across the country, it should be noted that he doesn't mention Breonna Taylor, whose name has been yelled across the country by those not wanting her to be overshadowed by protests over dead black men. In fact, he doesn't mention any black woman killed by police in the entire stand-up. In that regard, there's a massive amount of work to do, and it's understandable if people fed up with his past antics won't kneel at the altar of his exceptionalism. I think that's really valid, because people who do not have the men to know that all black men, all black lives matter, including the LGBTQIA community, including black women, including black children, including disabled people. If you do not have that lens at this point, and it is not something that you express consistently, it's something that's a valid criticism of you, and that means you have more work to do before you need to really join along with us. I would say, too, but if you break it down even further, just how the system is set up in society with the whole <clears throat> thrown in the male dominance factor into it, it always goes back to that quote that Malcolm X always used to say that the most disrespectful person in America is a black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Because at the end of the day, women get treated like shit and they're at the block, bottom of the top. White women are only a step above us because of the simple fact of white privilege. And they use their privilege thoroughly. Yeah. And I think I think what it boils down to it. Because um, like I said, I'm not I don't think, like I said, at the end of the day, and I posted about this the other day because the reality is, yes, um, while I understand the visual of watching George Floyd die, and like I said, I never watched the video. Yeah, I've I can't only, watch I've it. I always saw it. I never clip. watched the video because I clip was too. bad enough. I, I, I can't watch um, Death Born. I just can't do it. It's, I, it. Regardless of the issue, I understand it. I just can't watch another one. Because I also think that in society, we've gotten so disassociated to this shit in general. And I don't like, I've seen too many people die in front of me. But I've all seen it on TV and somebody, it just, I can't do it. So I, I refuse to watch it. I don't even watch injuries in sports. If I, like, don't replay that shit. Niggas replay that shit all the time. And I watch it when I try to replay it. But um, with that being said, reality is this. Whether it's Rihanna Taylor, whether it's Chandra Bland, um, I can't believe the girl that, yeah, the girl that died in who's the girl that died in Michigan that got shot. Ariana Jones. Right. Mm-hmm. Um boy. Yeah. Any of the black women who have been killed unjustly, who had their lives taken out, they are just as important yeah. as any black man. Um 
And just like there's important. just like the people any black any black trans any black um, right. anybody in the LGBTQIA community all of those people are they are when you say black lives matter I don't mean black men I don't mean just black women I mean black lives and black lives is not a, 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 like we say black people are not a monolith black lives is not a monolith there are there are different people and we have to make sure that all their lives, because the reality is there are still so many people in the black community largely is still trans and homophobic. And so that speaks to why they dis- they disregard. But the reality is y'all also, it's also a very misogynistic community too, because mm-hmm. our black women are still not treated the way they should be or, or acknowledged the way they should be. And so we have to continue to make sure that, uh, that we do not forget about Breonna Taylor. Because reality is, her her murderers they, they do and they can't try to pacify us by passing some fucking law that don't hurt help her. Exactly. Because they kill her, it's still free. Right. You you naming the law after her mean a damn thing to me. Because at the end of the day, she's that's not gonna bring her life back. You motherfuckers killed her because y'all did something stupid. How is you as a fucking cop don't know that the guy y'all are looking for is already in custody? Exactly. Y'all niggas don't talk. And it's funny because I just watched the wire. I had never watched the wire before. Wow. I never watched the wire. I only watched because when the wire came, I don't even think I had HBO. I don't remember. I did. I just never watched the wire, so I just didn't. So whatever gives me, I just I finally watched the wire. Um, I finished the whole series. Yeah, I finished the whole series. I watched it uh, over the last like two weeks. So, whatever the case may be, it tells you how trash police are. <laughs> they are trash. Hello. They are fucking trash. Nolte Carver, even less. My frustration with McNulty, first of all, he was a hoe. Yeah. He was a hoe. He didn't care what it was. Yeah. My issue also with the show in general is why y'all spend all of season four building him up and and creating and, 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 and like improving his character and making him grow, only to make him the same bastard in season five. That was like why y'all just like backslide him like that. But whatever the case, that's not the point. The point is, police trash. Yeah, that them motherfuckers was all trash. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we don't care about solving this shit. I just don't want them on my fucking record. Oh, we gonna cut crime. This nigga literally said, "I'm gonna funnel all the crime to a place where y'all can make this shit legal." Mm -hmm. Fucking hamster. And that was just like, okay, like going a couple weeks back when the protests were still fresh. Like one of my acting friends, he he literally he was just down like right off. I think he said it was on Connor. And I forgot the other side trick, but it was on local for everything because they were doing peaceful protests. They were handing out food and stuff. And then police just bum rushed the scene. And it was like a whole SWAT unit that just like came and started beating people up, throwing them on the ground. Um, and he went live on this actually because he had to get out of uh, Dodge uh, because they started throwing tear gas and stuff like that. And this was before police uh, James Craig ended up arriving on the scene because apparently the order was is that they weren't supposed to do that until he got there and even then they were supposed to give a warning so they went against that so and then it was like the whole talking back because basically people were just like well don't fuck with uh, DPD because they let y'all go without getting arrested and tickets and shit and then it was like a whole war of, oh well, fuck DPD that's why I said cops ain't shit it don't, give me, it don't matter where the fuck you are because I mean in reality I'm pretty sure every unit in this country of the United States has crooked-ass um, cops. Isaiah McKinnon, who was a former chief of police in Detroit, mm-hmm. did an op-ed for USA Today. And he talked about the fact that when he joined the police, he he was he was 
he talked about racism he experienced as a child, and one of the reasons he won, he joined the police force was to try to change it. He said even as a cop, a cop tried to kill him because he was black. He was on the fucking force because the guy pulled him over. He was like, he identified him. He still had his badge and uniform on. Mm-hmm. You motherfuckers, like, oh, you gonna die today? You know, I, I hate that fucking narrative with our with passion. Black officers are saying, you know, I joined to what? Uh, change it. You ain't gonna change shit because you have to be indoctrinated into the system. Okay, of and you have to bleach your skin you like Michael Jackson. Jackson. The whole people, I, but I also understand people have it. Like, like, back then, I, I can't like now. Yeah. Just kind of like, but I think. There is part of there's, but it's also that 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 mindset that black people are taught is if we get to a certain level, we can change things. Right. We are always taught to aspire to be in a position where we can we can affect change. And unfortunately, when you live in a world where it's systemic and it's been that way since this country, this country was founded on it. Your one person can't change shit. Yeah, I'd like to know when are we going to accept that that's not going to happen. You know, even right now. Uh, you know, we had a uh, Trayvon occurred with the black president and the black AG. Um, even now, you know, CNN is supposed to have this town hall, I believe, tonight, where it's all full of black mayors, uh, Lori Lightfoot, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Maria Bowser. And these are all incredibly trash fucking mayors that had bullshit occur on their watch. And I'm not, I, I really don't want to hear from them trying to condemn or condescend to me about our reactions to the immense grief that we're facing. Right. Your home has air conditioning. You got all the cable channels in the world. You don't have to worry about driving your car and being pulled up for a suspended license. I mean, it's... Well, I, I mean, no, they might have. They, they may get Probably older. back in the day. You know what I mean? But no, they still they, they, can, they can afford the tickets they have. Well, yeah, you know, but... That they may get. You know, um, I, I don't want to hear from people that, that are living... A good life telling me how to respond to the anger. And it's fucked up too. Well, if, your, if your response is, I agree, you're not going to be, uh, if you're telling me, oh, you're the better way to do it, then no, I don't want to hear your shit. Right, that's, 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 that's what I don't want to hear. Oh, I want to hear the whole, it's a better way to do it, or no, do it this way. Put, well, putting black faces in high places. That's what I have an issue with. If you're telling me, if you tell me, yo, I understand why y'all frustrated and I support y'all, that's different but if you gonna come get on there and tell me oh there's a better way to do it no because the reality is y'all are all in a position y'all in and the shit still happens because so even like uh i was reading this earlier this morning uh jay uh farrell who used to be on saturday night live a famous comedian he said that he was in the middle of running uh around san Bernardino or something like that it's one of the counties in la got pulled over by la well he was running and cops basically started fucking with him and made him get on the ground, force guns, and it was like 10 of them. And he said, yo, I, you can look me up on Google. Like, I'm not the crew because they basically said he fit the description of the description. And then after the 60 seconds later, they decided to let him go. So it doesn't fucking well, that's matter. Not, that's why that's the, what was the point of what Isaiah McKinnon was saying. It's like, even when I became chief, I got pulled over. And the guy was fucking with me. And I asked him, I said, why are you pulling me over? And he didn't, he just kind of was bullshitting. And then when he, he didn't recognize me at first, and then he finally was like, oh, and he apologized. I fired him. But like, at the end of the day, this just speaks to the fact that it don't matter who you are or what position you're in. 
at the end of the day, like Jay-Z said, still nigga. At the end of the day, I'm still a yeah. nigga to you. I'm still I'm not black I'm, I'm still okay. I'm still the, the the color of my skin is who I identify in your eyes. So no matter what I achieve in my career, what level of prominence, what level of success I achieve, at the end of the day, you still see me as another nigga. I like to reach a point where we all collectively understand that. I watched the uh, Brown and you know. Uh, that's your business, uh, Southern lady. She, her husband is a police officer, and they did a lab yesterday. They were doing pretty much that exact same thing. You know, I joined. The, I joined the cops to have good intentions. Well, how much information do you need to realize that shit don't work? Exactly. Like it becomes a point where your good intentions is still causing willful harm. Well, but I think a lot of it, it has to do with the people that always say, for example, the, and we will actually jump to this topic. So, the fund the police. Has been the topic of discussion. And so you have people who have been countered that saying, no, we should reform the police. You can't reform something that's already trash. Right. That's the thing. And so my issue is what happens is that these people, like I said, people believe that they if they get if they're a part of the system, they can fix the system. But the reality is they don't understand is when you're the you're a part of a system, system. you're a small part of a system. And one person can't change a system. Yeah. It's like um like uh, I think when he you talk about I'm gonna report this officer and they're the like because I think Isaiah McKinnon talked about it. he said he reported the officers and they told him not to he got yelled at because he tried to like because this is whole thing and no we got we can't report on our own and it's like no like motherfucker you wrong and right. the fact is this this whole so when you get into the system whether your intentions are great or not once you're in the system you're the system it. is bigger than you think and you are just a cog in the wheel and you realize that very quickly and so even if you want to step up the reality is you're going to go up against that quote unquote blue wall to me and, that's the uh, that's the barometer for change you know, so everybody right now, we've seen the safety net get elevated to where people feel more comfortable saying Black Lives Matter. The next one's going to be defund the police. Uh, you don't have an argument against defund the police. My, in my, the people that drives me crazy with the thing is they say, we shouldn't say that because that, that, that scares white people. No. My thing is this. You niggas understood what they meant when they said defund Planned Parenthood. Yep. All these other things. Mm-hmm. When they said defund, when y'all niggas are saying it, oh, y'all understood it. But when we say defund the police, all of a sudden we mean get rid of all the police. That's not what the fuck that means. Right. But y'all understood what it meant before. But we got to change our wording. And that's part of the issue in general with the Democratic Party is that they always acquiesce to because the Republican Party is going to keep pushing that shit regardless of who the fuck mad about it but the Democratic Party has this thing where they always got to be politically correct so no let's not say defund the police and then they also try to we don't want to hurt their feelings and then they give alternative solutions like well maybe if we paid cops more they wouldn't be as mad and I'm like what the how about the fact that you're a fucking racist? You were a racist. Exactly. Now you have a regular racist with a gun. And I forgot what uh, radio show I was listening to on there, but they literally had a discussion like, well, maybe if they pay police officers better, then we wouldn't have so many crimes where they wanted to shoot black people. And I'm like, what? But they even consider huh? who, who am I making this message digestible for? You understand? Like, to me, I'm telling you the solution. And now you're telling me how to word the solution yeah. to make who feel comfortable. And the I'm people like, I, in position, exactly, and that's exactly. really what it boils down to. That's my main problem. We're always trying to, we're always trying to pacify the people, quote unquote, in power. Yeah, why? Rather than saying, 
yo, no, nigga, this is what needs to happen because the reality is when y'all want to do some shit, y'all don't change this shit for us. Then we want to defund Planned Parenthood. Oh, right, that's what y'all want to do. We want to defund Obamacare, whatever, that, all that other bullshit. Y'all defund all this other shit, which, like, we want to defund that. But all of a sudden, we want to defund abortion. All the other shit y'all want to defund. Right. Y'all, y'all, it's okay when y'all say that shit. Clear understanding of what y'all mean by that. But when we say, you know, let's defund the police because the police shouldn't have a $6 billion fucking budget. Exactly. They're um, fucking police. But they again, should be armed like everybody. Again, but this is also the same country that spends the most money on military weapons because they love their fucking military. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, when you look at who you want to piss off, you want to piss those people off. You want to make those people feel uncomfortable. And if you're good, if you are what you say you are, you'll listen and follow directions. So same thing when it comes to defending the police, when it comes to abolishing the police, when it comes to uh, dismantling institutional racism, the things that I want to say are going to hurt your feelings. And if it hurts your feelings, that's the first indication that you ain't shit. The the the, the people I've said I've seen people say so like we have to be comfortable being we have to be we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yeah. reality is race is not a comfortable conversation, it's but it not. shouldn't be. Because I shouldn't be comfortable with you hating me because I'm still color my skin. Uh, so I'm not about to sit here and make sure you're appeased or you're. Oh, I'm, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And one, one thing I noticed too, because me and my friends have been dragging the fuck out of white folks on and off for the past couple of weeks. Once you you cut into one of those racist white people, then they have to go through this whole backtrack of, oh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I didn't mean to say that. I have black friends or I have a black neighbor, and I don't mean that because I'm not really a racist. There was one of the dudes on my page that shared it. He was like, and he's like, this guy says he's not a racist. Talking about he has more colored friends than me, nigga. If you oh. use the term colored, guess what? For I remember back in the day when I worked at CompUSA. Um, we used to, I think somebody sold a demo camera to a customer or whatever. And so the lady came back and brought the camera back and one of my friends out there and he was like, you know what lady said? She said, he brought this camera back and she said, it's a color boy in my camera. Because I guess somebody took a picture and didn't delete it before they sold it to her. And I'm like, a color? Like, a color? You know what I'm That's like when the white people was trying to people that, uh, the, the people that are trying to instigate shit was up there uh, tagging shit and doing a protest talking about color. Ain't no black person using the term color, nigga. <laughs> no, the closest you're going to see to a black person saying color is collard greens. That's it. That's about the closest you're going to get to it. Unless that nigga just can't spell. And that was no, like, yeah, that basically is some stupid Mal- former Miss Universe. I don't know. She was from fucking Malaysia, but she made a dumbass statement Some saying like, black people, I mean, the dogs and our pets or something. Yeah, like, well, you, you, made the, you made the choice to be colored, and I'm y'all, like, y'all saw that. what? You made the choice, choice to be oh, colored. Yeah. That's, you know, you didn't even spell it right. So, so this is like an uh, uh, RPG? Like in, in an MA? Like, oh, you, what character do you want to be? <laughs> Would you like oh, to be? Are you colored? Are you colored? Okay, I, which my, color? I, I, I get to create a character? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be mulatto. Like, that's <laughs> All right, so. Huh. Talked about all right. So we've talked about so we've so me and you have gone back and forth about um performative support. Mm-hmm. Um as we've seen, um there have been a lot of companies, a lot of people in uh, powerful positions who have come out um in support of Black Lives Matter. Um some genuine, some trash. Mm-hmm. Um, Starbucks. Starbucks, because Starbucks. Ah, ah, um, ah. Fucking. Uh, like, notoriously known for racism. Um, yeah. 
So I guess my thing is, so I am on one hand, yes, we definitely need people to understand and recognize the yes, Black Lives Matter. But I don't want you to make it a talking point for your bottom line. And that's where it gets to that performative part. It's the same for if you're an individual, if you're a celebrity. Drew Brees fucked himself up by still, like, after four years, still not understanding this is not about the flag. Yeah. And then he, his excuse was, I think about my father and my grandfather's... Even though it's been said like, one million like, fucking like, times. Like my grandfather didn't fight in World War II and did right. two motherfuckers. Right. It, like, was, it was explained multiple fucking times like, that, that nearly like, had nothing to do like, with the fucking flag. Colin Kaepernick was pretty clear in his, his, um, his, his like, he's very clear and very articulate about what he was uh, protesting multiple times. I don't understand, y'all. If you don't under, you you didn't understand this because you didn't want to. At the end of the day, you didn't want to. You chose to be oblivious or just ignore it and say, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I really don't hear what you're saying. Somebody's gonna believe this. So when he starts there, you fucked up. And so you can apologize for demeaning signs to me, but the fact that you don't understand, you didn't understand, and now all of a sudden because you've had conversations with people, now all of a sudden you understand. When you didn't understand when he first he said the shit first time, like that's my thing. Or um, it's just <laughs> Starbucks fucked up. Basically, well, Starbucks is stupid. Yeah. Starbucks has been stupid. You can't say, you say oh, oh you're not allowed to say Black Lives Matter, but when you you get all the backlash, you, oh. you can't wear anything with the oh all of a sudden hey here are Black Lives Matter shirts. Oh, you guys, you can do that. I, I think we'll, that's that's the the whole thing. Um, they understand buying power from black people. Like I said before, the, the safety net has changed. So we're four years. It took them four years to go and realize, oh, you can say Black Lives Matter. Uh, so then I think the next step for us, or the next work for us, is then to, okay, what's the next thing that you're not willing to acknowledge that we're going to have to explain to you? It's going to take another four years. Like, sweet progress comes entirely too slow because the amount of time we have to spend explaining. educating people yeah. and then explaining. And I'm not with the shit no more because all the information is out there. The, the, the blogs, the writings. And some people think that say, oh, I'm sorry, it's just going to fix it, but it has to be changed behavior because sometimes that's a better apology. Not saying, change, I'm sorry, it's not, not an apology. But you're going to have to get it from everybody. Yeah. Because if you're really, truly sorry, you get it. It's the same thing. If you cheat on your wife and your wife decides to take you back, you can't just tell her, I'm sorry, and I fix everything. You're going to have to get it from your lady for however the fuck many years. And if you're truly sorry, you're going to take that shit on the chin. But the problem, like, too, is post- because uh, we live in a society where nobody wants to hold accountability as a standard that everybody should abide by. Because, oh, no, people been through trauma. We should, they, they've been through stuff. We have to be empathetic. We have I to understand. I have no sympathy for a Hall of Fame true quarterback who says, who had a chance. You you had every chance to say the right thing. And the first thing, because you couldn't even, I would have respected you more if you said, I understand why people were upset and why they're protesting. While I may not agree with the kneeling during the flag, for my own personal reasons, I understand that that's not their intention, but it's still I still married. If that, I would have respected you more if you had started with it. But the first thing you said is, "I will never agree with anybody kneeling during the anthem and like disrespecting the flag." Nobody said anything about disrespecting the flag. It's the thing you don't seem to understand. So, 
what I will say is I'm okay with white people realizing that they're silenced, whether or not they feel like they're racist, whether they've ever, whether they, even if they may have an implicit bias because everybody does because of just the way society is built. But if, even if you're a white person who feels like, yo, I haven't done anything racist, I haven't treated anybody different because they're black, but if you've been silent when you've seen it, when you've been, if you've been silent, your silence to me is just as much as it. It's just like, for me, I believe if you withhold information from me that I should have, that's just as well, that is lying to me. I feel like that's just as bad as lying to me. If you don't, if there's information I need that I should have and you just didn't tell me for whatever reason, and you make you upset because because I feel like you created a false narrative. Now I, be, I believe that everything is a certain way, and it's not because you you without that's just as bad as mine to me. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing to me. So if you are not saying shit, when you see racism happening, you see your friends treat certain people. If you're not calling out your friends, your family, your significant other, whoever the fuck it is, if you're not holding them accountable. You're, it's no different than if I see a man and the way he treats a woman. If you put your hands on a woman, you're disrespectful to a woman. I don't give a fuck. You ain't my friend. I, I don't. I'm, I refuse. You. The moment I hear you out here doing trash shit, you done. It's me like uh, recognizing the work needs to be done is easy, but doing the work is hard. Yeah. Uh, so it's like you gotta go do your lawn. You recognize you need to mow your lawn, edge your lawn, pick up the trash on your lawn. It's easy to recognize that, but doing the actual work on your lawn is gonna be difficult. The same thing with commenting when we have a discussion about holding people accountable uh, for their views. Uh, some people need that point where they recognize the work that they need to do. Right. And when when, when I realize you need to recognize the point you need to do, that's when it become hostile. And the key like, word you not. said there is work. And then unfortunately, it seems like society's painted a picture where people don't like to work because everybody wants everything they don't. They want to be lazy. It's just not it's meant like, to be because there's never been oh, for us. Like, it's never it's ending. Never it's ending. Just an ongoing thing. Ending. In, your, um, in, in your own black personal politics that you have, it's never ending. Uh, whether you want to make sure that you're eradicating your transphobia, your homophobia, shut on down a lot. It is never. And that's why ending. it's just like what yeah, we used to view as like morally incorrect is now pretty, pretty and much and morally. That's why I appreciate like if I if you are a white person, you're out here and you are good. If you're a white person and you're out here actually like really like about this about this shit, I'm all for you. Um, one of my favorite artists, he's a he's a more recent artist. His name is Marlon Craft. Anyway, so, um, he's a white guy, but for years before all this shit even started, he always been on this shit. Like he's been about this shit. So ever since this shit has come up, he's been calling out like he's calling out, he's calling out. He's like, look, if you white artists out here just talking shit, just play it, then get the fuck on. Like don't don't just say this shit because it's a moment. If you really about this shit, I don't just because like he like, he's supposed to drop a project. He's like, look, I don't even feel like promoting this shit. It's not the time. It's not the moment for it. So I'll drop this shit because y'all want it eventually. But I'm not. I'm not because at the end of the way, it's not about me. It's not about any of this shit. But what I will be only doing is that all you all you white all you white people that you are doing this shit and not just you, but working with all this shit. He calling out everybody. He's been doing that shit and he's done his music for years. So he's not one of people that just got on the wave right now. Like, like he been on that shit. Too. Like no, he's been on this shit. He been right because he's a person. He he grew up in New York. He probably grew up with nothing but black friends. He's like, I don't understand why this shit don't it don't make sense to me. And he said, he's like, look, I'm glad my parents taught me what was right growing up. I wasn't taught that bullshit that y'all believe 
from the beginning. So thankfully for me, I had parents that were smart enough to like do not teach me that hatred bullshit that y'all motherfuckers believe. But I don't want to see you other people out here just kind of, oh, it's a wave and I'm going to ride this shit. And then, oh, I'm going to change some shit now. Because oh, they now, it's going to go, oh, it's going to die down. We recognize that we haven't been most diverse in our ways. And oh, we're going to get rid of the term urban, which I've been using to say nigga is a term in the music industry for years, really. And if it's Tyler, just call him off of this shit. Now y'all change it. Like, yeah, because before Urban, it was race. It was race music. Like, it's just like, yo, y'all, y'all use all these coded languages and shit to record to to refer to us as different things, whether it's thugs or other shit. Now, I don't want to hear the bullshit. If you ain't about doing the work and really actually doing the shit, don't come at me with that bullshit. And it can't and it just be a one-time courtesy. You can't just do a one-time no, and then, this, oh, well, I didn't. There's systemic no. change. For day. Systemic change. It's it's just like um when Diddy called out everybody at the Grammys. He called the Grammy and he was he was winning. Oh the four mates called him out though. Well yeah. But it was true, it's true. Also, but Diddy when he did 27, 28 wasn't right, but I also have to allow people to grow. And why he's I I do. Because the thing is, there. Uh, he's been suspect in the eyes of a lot of people. Yeah, but yeah, but so. yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying that. But I also have to understand. I have to. I. I, I allow people the chance to to learn from their mistakes. I, I have to because if you ain't like, he came up in the industry that that's what you did. Whether it was right or not, that was what you did. So if you are learning now, yo, this is what it is. At the same time, I also understand to one extent if I'm an artist and I don't have no leverage and I'm coming to you and you putting all your money up to make me what I am or put me in a position to be successful, then yes, I'm going to own some of your information because that's just how that works. You can't come to me. It's different if you did this shit yourself. But that's also why you get your own label, you do your own shit. But the reality is that wasn't how the industry was back then. Right. You needed somebody to put the front up the money for studio time, for production, all of that shit. But even if that's not the way it worked back then, but it's, it was still wrong. I just said it was right. And they knew. They everybody knew, knew it was wrong. wrong. But so my, my thing is this when, when it comes to the patience of people growth, uh, somebody asked a question on Twitter. Uh, do we all think? Uh, when did you learn it was a it wasn't a good thing to tease the dark skinned girl? And uh, growing up, we we always believed that was a part of people we could tease. We could tease the dark skinned girl. We could tease the fat kid. We could tease the disabled kid. We could tease the dead kid. And sure, your growth. Sure, your growth comes, but you did a lot of damage while you were that way. Of course. So that's something you have to live with. Oh, no, I'm not saying it doesn't absolve you of the mistakes you made. No, you growing or, or, or learning as you get older doesn't change the things, the effects you've had on people before. It does not. No. So, no, I'm not, just because you grew and I, I, I give you opportunity to grow doesn't mean I'm forgiving or saying the shit you did before was acceptable. No. Or that shit is absolved. No, that's not. That's different. That's a totally different conversation. I'm not, because reality is, yes, I I was teased because I was a chimney kid. I was teased because I was the nerdy kid. Like, that was a thing. My little sister was, had very low self-esteem because she was a dark-skinned girl. Very low self-esteem. Um, even, I remember her, was it fifth grade graduation? 
my mama got put tracks in her hair. She cried because our friends talked about girls that had tracks in her hair. So she was crying tears because she had tracks in her hair. She was hurt. My mom had trimmed some of them a little bit to make it look different, but she was hurt. Like, she was upset because she thought her friends were going to talk about her. So if those kids come to your sister now and they're like, oh, I was sorry, I was wrong, it's still your sister's right whether she decides to forgive them. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So when I when I look at a lot of people, even even with the shit that I've done in my life, um, and the mistakes and things that I've done is horrible uh, to women. Well, I can articulate my growth and say that I've grown. It's not there. It's not there. I'm not. They don't, they don't owe me forgiveness. They don't owe you forgiveness. No, at all. And that's the thing. You can't expect that. Right. I can say I've grown. I can say, look, I know that I made mistakes, but now I want to change it. But that does not change the mistakes. That I've made it's not it's changed the impact that I've had on people's lives. That, right. No, so you know that nobody you nobody owes you acceptance for your you for forgiveness. They, right. they just don't. So yes, more power to you if you grow and you realize yo I did some trash shit and I need to be a better person. But at the same time, that does not mean that that person that you hurt or 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 scarred that probably is dealing with that shit for years under and, and never really dealt with it. They probably never talked to a therapist. They probably still holding on to this shit. That shit probably affected relationships they've had since then. All that shit, all that trauma that you put them through for the things that you may have said to that person. Yeah, that doesn't represent owe you apology at all. It's because the only thing you can do is try to be a better person, but don't try to be a better person just for the sake of trying to get um, a forgiveness because that's not how that works. It's right. not, it's not, you're not, that's not how that works. Be a better person because you should be a better person. Right. And it's crazy because I've, I've had this debate a few times on Facebook before because I would always ask people because I... For me, if if I if I want somebody to apologize to me for what they did to her, I mean, if I did something to hurt you, yes, I'm going to apologize. I don't care how bad it hurts because I was in the wrong. If I did it wrong, but when it, the tables are turned and there's a situation where it's just like you hurt me, and this person decides not to apologize, but then when people are like, "Well, you just just forgive them anyway." I literally had to sit there and go like, but if they're not sorry, what is this doing for me? And they, they always say it's, it's you're for, it, it helps you because you're not holding on to the hate and the bitterness. But at the same time, it's just like, you're not necessarily holding on to it. It's just like, oh, well, then fuck you. Because I think what people get misconstrued too is like, Yes, the saying is you can forgive, but you never forget. You're never going to forget. And what people get twisted about the whole forgiveness part is when you automatically forgive somebody, they think that, oh, let's go back out to, you know, drinking tea and crumpets like we're in Buckingham Palace. We could be the best of friends. We could start over. It's just like, no, you don't have to necessarily start over. And I think people don't know that fine line because they think like, oh, well, we can give them second and third chances because honestly, it's up to me whether or not I should give you a chance or not. And what was crazy is a girl I had, I used to be really, really cool with back when I worked at Comcast. Um, but she she did some very shady shit to me. And it basically resulted to me like I had to block her from Facebook and everything. And, you know, I forgave her, but it's just like, I'm like, we can't be cool. But what's crazy is that she sent me a friend request today. Apparently she made another Facebook page and that request is still sitting in my friend request thing. And I probably won't respond to it because it's just like... I said I forgave you, but that does not mean I want access, right. give you access into my life because right. no. Right. And that doesn't mean like, oh, oh, I'm holding on to something. It's just like, no, 
Like, you, you fucked up, and it is what it is. The thing is, you can't be friends with everybody in this lifetime. And I think people need to just get over the fact you're not going to like everybody. Everybody's not going to like you. It is what it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's you know, um, that's one thing I advocate for. I don't like um, people have the attitude towards cancer culture, that cancer culture is not control. We really haven't seen what that type of accountability looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Cosby still has his supporters. R. Kelly still has his supporters. Uh, you know, people can still make money off the bullshit that they've done and still be able to thrive. And nobody's throwing them out on the streets and taking any wealth from them or beat the shit out of them. So, as far as I'm concerned, until that day comes, we haven't seen people truly counsel their own home. And I think, too, a lot of reasons why people get so infuriated with that is because they're like, oh, well, y'all waited too long. Like, this happened 30, 40 years ago. Why y'all now just saying stuff right. now? That's I right. mean, the saying goes, it's, it's better late than never. Sometimes, yeah, it should have happened 20 or 20, 30, 25, 20 years ago. Letter. And that's the thing. With Kyle, you niggas, that shit was talked about back then. R. Kelly got over for 30 fucking years. Y'all niggas let that shit fly. Yeah. And I mean, people, they always, I guess, I guess people put, they try to put expiration dates on when is it a time to speak out about something that happened. Sorry, there is no expiration date. Cause what we just saw like that thing that went down on Facebook with somebody from Henry Ford. Allegedly he was like a singer and he like allegedly like sexually assaulted like four or five girls. It started just, with um what's her name? She used to come to Sweet Epiphany, I can't remember her name. She moved out to Vegas. It was like porn and shit now. No. Yep. So dude had posted something about stuff going on. Black lives, basically. And she was like, she replied, she retweeted and said, yeah, you know, people are tired. It was like, I, I'm tired of whole, um, uh, making it acting like you're getting um, sexually assaulted me on your couch that one time. And so after she said that, a bunch of other shit came out. It was like, yo, this is not the first time. Shout out to her. Uh, yeah. yeah. First a guy on Instagram. Yeah. She's somebody I've learned a lot from. Uh, in regards to uh, sex work and uh, interest in developing more intersectional views of, uh, uh, of uh, the faces, of the issues that uh, black women face and, and sex workers face. Yeah, so yeah, she but she called him out. And I remember somebody put one of the people uh, in the thread on Twitter was like, why does it say this in her bio? That ain't got shit to do with it, nigga. Exactly. People are always she does, what she does, has nothing. To, like, y'all are trying to, because I guess he's some, he, like, he's a, he's a, he's allegedly he, nominated like, for a Grammy. Grammys and shit like that, but he's like, from here, I guess. And, you know, she used to do music, so it makes sense that she would have been, like, at work with him at some point. But, yeah, so, yeah, but it was like, no, nigga, fuck you. But, yeah, it's just, so me and him talked, we was, we was going back and forth about he was saying how he doesn't what was it about um, people not uh, doing shit and not really coming out there doing shit from the behind the scenes or something like that? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, what were we talking about? You were talking about I don't want to have to just imagine what you're doing or some shit like that? Yeah, because uh, a lot of people make allowances for people who uh, supposedly do the silence and everything behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think that the work that we do, uh, as far as being socially conscious, works that way. I believe that this is some way, it's some form that comes out of expression, whether it's on your social media platform, whether it's in your, your fashion, how you dress, whether it's how you uh, engage with people. Uh, straight on down the line, I don't think it's something that you can do silent or behind the scenes. People will know what your stances are. 
you will take those stances uh, publicly. So what if you're a person who has made your stances clear, but then also do stuff behind the scenes? That's okay. Well, you, you made your stances clear, so you, as long as you made your stances clear. Okay, so that that makes more sense because I didn't I didn't get that part when we were talking. Because I, I saw a lot of people that said just because I'm not saying anything about I'm, I'm down with it. You know, it's a I've considered myself somebody who has believed that all black lives matter, and even on my social media platform, I, I may talk about it on Twitter. Uh, I felt more comfortable posting it and talking about it on Twitter than I did on Facebook and Instagram. And I kind of realized that was a, a, a horrible thing that I was doing in and of itself was by being afraid to speak out, uh, specifically as far as uh, trans rights and issues that the trans community faced. And I kind of realized, I was like, if I'm being silent, I'm not doing enough work. There is no being silent on these issues. We, not, we cannot do that. And, and you doing that says a lot about... about Piggybacking on that, so I, so I saw some people, because um, again, Billy Porter came out saying something about we're not fully supporting uh, the, you know, the LGBTQ, uh, CQ, um, LGBTQA um, community or whatever. And we need to, you know, it can't just be black, black it has to be all black, all black lives, lives, right? Right. I heard somebody say, but this is not the time. We're talking about this. It's like, no, 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 no. no. This is exactly the time. Because right. we're not, again, we, we're saying, you're black, it we're matter. talking about, we can't say black, we can't say black lives matter. Oh, if, we're, if we're picking, we're picking right. who those who lives they are. Right. It's either black lives matter or they don't. We can't say, oh, well, you know what, right now we're only focused on these black lives. No, right. nigga, it's either black lives or it's not. It's like, and, and the onus is on you to articulate it. So, you know, I tend to, when I get into these type of discussions, I try to tell people to qualify your opinion to engage me because I can become hostile in that regard. Yes, so we can, we can name the black men murdered and harmed by police easily. How easily can you name the black women? How easily can you name the black trans people transgender people who face that same type of oppression. And you can't do that as easily as a black man. That's something you have to interrogate. And that's the work you have to do yourself. You know what I mean? Uh, Kimberly uh, Crenshaw, who coined the term intersectionality, she did a TED talk. She had everybody stand up and she started naming the people she started naming the people who uh, uh, had been murdered or harmed by police. So of course, when she would name the black man, people were still standing. You start naming the black Women, people started sitting down because they don't know. Right? That, that comes to our entire collective consciousness, specifically in the context of this conversation about Black people. You know what I mean? Uh, about how we are mindful of the faces. Uh, Dragonfly Jones, he was posting a valid uh, critique of Dave Chappelle, not mentioning Breonna Taylor. And people, their stand, their argument was there to try to rationalize why that was okay for people to ignore what's happening to Black women. Black trans people of all identities. It takes it takes a lot of work, but what makes that work easier to do is our social media. Do you follow trans people? Do you follow black disabled people? Do you follow black handicapped people who would then articulate their oppression and the issues that they face? You know what I mean? And then when you learn that and you listen, your next step is to speak out. Your next step is to use the platform, whatever the fuck it may be. And I'm not telling niggas to be Martin Luther King, right? Uh, the work is how do you hold your friend accountable? How do you hold your lovers accountable? How do you hold your coworkers accountable? How do you hold like so on and so forth down the line? That's literally all you got to do. You know what I mean? That's it. And then you what should make that work better for you is the fact that you have the winning argument. You have the winning argument. You will win that argument every time about black trans people be lives matter. You will win that argument every time about the issues of black people. You will win 
that argument, there's no way they can go. There's no way they can go. Then you not then you realize how much energy they can put into it based off of how much they realize they're losing the fucking argument. You know, and then after a while, when you realize they're not getting it, then you can start letting the insults fly and calling them all type of stupid bitches and we had to fight more uh, Instagram, I mean, uh, Facebook battles in the back of the day because this nigga just comes in. Yeah. You realize it. what's interesting is the people that are too stupid to insult. There's some people out there that are they're too stupid to insult, and so you know they're going to be too stupid to teach. You know, so find the words and anything. Make them know that they're harmful and they deserve harm back for it. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, I, I, as long as the person, like you said, with the performance of the thing, I don't want... Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Might be it, but... Uh, niggas think that I'm a super, super duper uh, nigger because I like to smoke squishers and uh, and uh, we. Well, one thing I one thing I saw somebody make a post about 2020, and this is kind of sort of getting into the, the spiritual realm, is that 2020 is there pretty much exposing everything and bringing everything out into the open in 2020 vision. And ironically, we're in the year 2020. So it, these things are happening not by mistake. It really is a coincidence that we're starting to see all these things it come to a, the light. It's a perfect storm. Everybody's already at home for Corona, for COVID-19. But they're forgetting so, that that that's Well, well stupid people are. And uh, that's why Ford is exploding with cases. We're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about the NBA. Mm. But, yeah, it's people... Are just like it, it, people are already at home. People are frustrated. People ain't working. And yeah, it was just a perfect storm. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. We fed up, dog. Like, we just fed up. Black people have been disproportionately, disproportionately affected by COVID uh, for lack of access to care and all, um, you know things like that. So or probably like reusing tests. What I don't want to hear from you, motherfuckers, though, is you people that like, and it's always this one. Y'all niggas, diet should have been better. Y'all wouldn't be affected, motherfuckers. I will whoop your ass. <laughs> I know niggas who eat nothing but healthy food that have been affected by this shit. Shut the fuck up. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on the demographic well, the first and the thing, areas of That was the first at. thing that they tried to push was that black people weren't affected. They debunked that dumb bullshit as narrative and then realized that, hey, once in Detroit, every black person got it. Like, you know, like, but no, but then you still had the dumbass idiots that were still up at Rouge Park and fuck the corona. They were on the lodge with it. Because it's this, always going to be a dumb nigga in the oh, yeah, It's a... It's hard. Before I criticize the people, the black people that decide to do that, I'm going to criticize the institutions and the structures that enable them and make them feel comfortable to do that. Um, being black, it's incredibly hard to find joy. Uh, it's incredibly hard to find things that make you feel good, that make you happy uh, during this time. Um, so, that, you know, uh, sure, I want black people to, to stay safe and to not do that, but I also want to give them the tools and resources to make them know not to do that. That's true. Because it's, it's a common thing, especially in Detroit. You realize a lot of people in Detroit don't venture out their comfort zone. They don't, know eight miles. they don't know anything other than going to the park with their friends or hanging out at certain spots. Going to the but casino. They don't, like, they don't know the anything. Downtown. They don't venture outside of the city, shit outside of the fucking state. It's just... So... 
they don't know, like, when they stuck at home and all the shit they're used to doing is, is closed, oh, shit, I don't want to stay in the house because I'm not used to it. I haven't figured out um, things um, to do when I have to stay in the house. I don't... We don't have those things anyways. You know, uh, we don't have a lot in Detroit. Uh, as far as our, our grocery stores, are the worst of the fucking parts. You know, yeah, I go to the Yeah, I go to the Atlas Market on on Davidson by my house, and you look at how that meat looks. You look at how that the color of the food. You look at the prices, and you just like these are the only options you have because you don't want to have to go out fifteen minutes away just to get the food that you want to be able to have inside your home. Do you think that Detroit is cursed? No, it's just a it's just a black city. No. That's what happens. I think cursed give the Things that have happened to us away to something supernatural. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not crazy. It's, it's, it's active and it's intentional. It's systemic. It's a systemic thing. That happens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even environmental racism. Um, learning about the way, I believe it was Dwight Eisenhower, uh, when he started to develop highways around the country, a lot of the highways were placed in uh, black neighborhoods and black what areas. And he did this during the trial of the civil rights. So the civil rights movement was like, shit, we got to fight for voting rights. You know, how much of our uh, our power or, or energy can we devote towards fighting this shit now? And it, they knew it. They knew that the exhaust caused asthma and that you had a high rate of black people having to get asthma. They didn't right. give a fuck. That was and then with the whole um, 67 riots, that, I mean, we still haven't even completely recovered from that. We... And now on top of COVID, it, it just so it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's going to be it's one thing after another. We live in this in so reality is people. So I, I do understand to some extent the the idea of this feeling like you're just kind of like stuck in a hole and you need right. to get out and venture out. So I understand it. It, it follows the logic. It follows the logic. Uh, what are, what are the interesting things about my life? Uh, my my father was shot on the same street that my mother died. You know, so uh, my father was shot in the 70s. My mother passed in 2002. Uh, and I always thought that was like a super, super interesting thing. But then you consider the factors. Uh, you live in Detroit. You live in a very violent neighborhood, of course. Eventually, you're going to get shot. You don't have access to uh, adequate health care. You don't have access to affordable groceries to, or nutritious food. Of course, you're going to have a heart attack. You know, it, it, it literally, it, it follows the logic. And the, the most beautiful thing about black people is we've articulated this shit from the fucking beginning. It, it humbles me, for as smart as I like to think that I am, it humbles me to know everything that I'm now discovering the things that have been talked about since forever. You know, John Oliver did the special uh, on policing most recently, and you can look it up on YouTube, but he's discussing policing, and he talks about how there's always been a federal investigation into why riots happened. So, you know, uh, I think the I think the one the specific portion of siding was was in uh, was about 1967 riots. Yep. And the man that investigated, he was like, "Look, my my resolution to this thing is the same thing we said in 1919, 1937, yep. 1940s, yep. 1960s. It's the exact same thing. So we're not sitting here saying things that nobody fucking knew, or you know, we discovered a brand new solution. This is shit that we've been asking for. Been asking for. Our recommendation hasn't changed. Yeah, our recommendation hasn't changed. changed. You motherfuckers haven't tried it yet. You know, you, you guys haven't tried that. will make your system crumble. Yeah. Yep. So we talked about Florida um, for a second there as far as their COVID. They've been open. Their COVID cases are spiking. Technically, Florida, it seemed like they never closed. They were, like, closed for, like, three days. Of, and they then... talked about they Because they... Florida, no Florida. Yeah. Florida. <laughs> so, so the conversation is about the NBA. NBA is currently set to return on July 30th. At Disney World, They're right. They're going to 
in Orlando, yeah. They're going to bring all these teams into one city, into Orlando, um, for 60 days or some shit like that. Something like that. Like two, two months or something. Two and a half months or something like that. So, and so this was agreed upon by the MBPA. The Braves uh, Association was voted 28 to zero. I want to highlight that zero for a second. Because since then, in the last few days, there have been there's been a hubbub, I'll say, um, amongst the rank and file players that has been sparked by Kyrie Irving. Or he's been the leader of it. Uh, mm, okay. Kyrie is stating that uh, he doesn't. He thinks that them opting to play will serve as a distraction from what's going on in society as far as the movement of Black Lives Matter uh-huh. um, and the focus on what we need to be doing in the streets. Yeah. So. I have a feeling of two things on this. The first thing is my issue with Kyrie specifically, because I don't have a problem with the message. I do have a problem with That's the why message. That's why it's confusing. Only because it's Kyrie. And because from what they stated, in the meeting that they had to vote, he didn't bring none of this shit up. Oh. He asked a question. They say he asked a question about would he be counted as one of the players that can go even though he's injured? And would he would he be able to come as one of the 35 or some shit like that? And it was really just that and would they be paying for this, this, and this? Those are the only questions he posed during the actual meeting where he took a vote. And again, I reiterate, it was voted 28-0, which means he voted to go back to playing. Again, I want to repeat, he's out for the season. So... My only issue is what changed because all this stuff was still going on when they voted. So I'm just trying to figure out what's that? Uh, apparently Dave Bautista got oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So I can't um, breathe. So I just I just thought it was funny because why did you say this shit the first time? But then what he did instead of going to the star place, he went to the rank and file place to get him on get them on his side. But the thing about it is, so on one hand, I truly, I, I, because Steven Jackson came out in support of it. Um, he stated that, yo, this is bigger than basketball, blah, blah, blah. She was. Shut up. I took too much. too high. Oh, Hirsch, I will be in a second. So, Give me a second. I just think, so look, I'm, you know, look, would I love to have sports backs? Sure. At least basketball. I don't care about football or any other. I don't think nobody does. Don't die. Uh, Well, he he almost did. He almost did. So I think. Would I love to have basketball back? Yes. If if it's truly if I I say I'll say this because the argument on both sides is it's a distraction. If basketball comes back, all they're going to be talking about is the playoffs, and all it's going, to, it's going to take the attention away from what we're doing in the streets. The other argument is, first of all, well, first, if we are playing, we can still get our message across. You know, about what we, you know, what we talk about in our interviews, what we talk, what we wear, what we step on the court, all those things, we can still get our message apart. Plus, the money we're going to get from playing, we can also use to continue to do things in the street. That's the other argument. I've also heard, and this is an argument that the agents are saying, and this is more in, in the middle is, if we don't play, 
they're going to recall. The owners have an opportunity to be um, re, to abolish the CBA, oh. which will make them renegotiate because if they don't play. So in that case, it'll probably happen. If that happens, the owners will probably lock the players out and make them acquiesce to give them more of the pot. So uh, everything you listed, uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, suck my dick. I, so the timing for Kyrie to come to this realization don't bother me because it doesn't change the fact of what he's saying. Oh, no, I, 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 it's just the time. Right. So, I know even with Kyrie being a flat earther, and flat earther, it doesn't mean they're doing it. So, if it's so, so they're playing, you're saying they're playing over a 60 day time. Yeah, like a two month period. So, are they doing any regular season games yeah. or are they just skipping straight to the playoffs? Regular season for like July and then August. <clears throat> they're doing playing, so it's like a tournament. Right. It's all a tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Playing games, so like the lower season get the points, like four games to play in and get the last uh, couple seasons, East and West or whatever, something like that. Yeah. So I'm wondering how would this affect going into the next season? And that's so the next season is scheduled not to start until December. Yeah. But my thing is this, and so this is the thing that I, I saw about Monty post. While I under he's and he's like, oh, I understand the point. How long is this going to like? Because my thing is, at some point, you're going to start to go back and play. Right. So whether it happens in July or December, because my thing is, because uh, Dwight Howard put out a statement, because he's one of people on the side of not playing. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, you know, this is the time for us to really be, you know, be out, be supporting and be out doing focus on this and focus on our families and getting the stuff and all that stuff. My, and so the first thing was, okay, yeah, but you think all these changes you're talking about is going, this is a long-term thing. So what mm-hmm. My friend, no, it does. No, my friend was saying though. He actually told me. Thing in two six months. My friend, my friend was saying though. He burned all this shit down. My friend, Uh, my friend was saying um, that basically, I guess for a long time, the NBA has been trying to negotiate pushing the season up to December because then that way it wouldn't interfere with like football. Next season, it's starting to. Right, but he was saying like they were trying to do this. They apparently been trying to do this for a long time. Yeah, they're about season coming for the No, I'm talking about but for years like the NBA season like well, actually no, short, yeah, they've been talking about shortening it for a while, but the only they're going to get because money. Okay, and they their TV contracts well, are too. Well, that, that's 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 it then. You show me how this how important this is to you. I'm gonna show you how important this is to me. What can I get? Black Lives Matter? Show me, bitch. If you don't want to sit here and just tell me about it, this, this is show me time. You know what I mean? So they come here and they say they have uh, demands to make them feel comfortable, confident that the elite takes them seriously. Let's go then. And then, then you will find out what the league really is. And it's really applicable across the fucking board. Uh, if you, you guys want to say Black Lives Matter, show me, motherfucker. Cause these, 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 I'm gonna demand shit that I should have gotten. I'm gonna demand shit that you fucking owe me. I'm gonna demand shit that you that I work for. And if you wanna sit here and tell me you on my side, show me how on my side you are. So if the players come back and they say we want thirty percent black, uh, uh, black executives or people in the front office, we want thirty percent black that was the case, uh, but That's not what you're. Yeah, I would say, I would if say, that was the argument. Then yeah, I, I, I would believe. I would believe for Kyrie and anybody else to align with us. It's my hope for them to follow that logic to say, okay, we want things to improve. Specifically, let's say within our league. We're not even saying the league. In the fucking country, we want things to improve. We are... Right, but even that's like being the tallest different class. You know, it's, you know, okay. So, my my thing specifically with the NBA, um, or anybody who wants the NBA back, whether it's a whether Kyrie and the players want to make this a government thing, 
everyone to make this a lead thing. I hope the next step for them is realize what demands they want to have. And either those demands are met or fuck you then. You know what I mean? It's one, one way or the other. Justice does not need to take so long. The reason why justice needs to take so long is because people think they have a, a fucking argument against it. So you guys want if Adam Silver and the, 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 the owners want to show us how important basketball is, not just within the, the uh, uh, association, but also to the country, motherfucking show me today. You think I gotta sit here and negotiate this shit with you? What's your fucking argument you're gonna have against me? I just don't have the leverage to make it. Okay, well, you have to find out how much power we got. And that's the thing. If it's... How, I mean, think about how, how would that look if, if the players do come up with demands and they say, right, let's just say, using our imagination, hypothetically, they come and they say, we want black people, 30% black people in the front office, 30% black people in coaches, right? I guess the next thing they say, well, they're already black coaches. Not 30%. Yeah, bro. How many? Bro, it's like four, coaches four are or five of them. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's like fucking, uh, uh, the horse used to talk about the fucking Clippers. Doc Rivers is Dwayne Casey. It's, that's all I got off the top of my head for now, but it's not a fucking enough. But if they did come to them and say, we want this, the league can't then go say, no. It's actually almost exactly 30%. Oh, almost 30%. It's, 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 it's what is it, 28? He made the actual fact. It's 8 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, Fire the motherfuckers, whatever. They have, uh, they make too much money. They get the poorest records. I'm gonna fuck, get, get fucking rid of, get rid of them. Pay my fucking severance and get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? This is time for you. What argument do you sons of bitches really believe you got against what I asked for? And I'm asking for stuff that I believe is fair. But if you're being really honest about the motherfucker, I'm being nice to you. I'm still lowballing you by asking for 30% when well, it should be 100% black coaches in the league. I feel lowballing you, motherfuckers. I think you should listen to me. It don't or do at least have a... a no, yeah, fuck it that. should be. Because I would, even well. say, I would even say, consider past players played in, a, in the NBA and their skills are coaching. What the, what the fuck skills do all these white motherfuckers possess that black people who've been playing a fucking sport since yeah, the fucking people, beginning also, do not have know, all of a sudden? We also know that black uh, great players want to be great. Well, you gotta be great. So, you, 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 you even still decent. Even decent. So, no, what I'm saying is this, though. Um, <laughs> some white guys, all they could do is coach because they couldn't play. <laughs> so right. They only coached for all of this time because they couldn't play. You need a fucking assistant, man. Why you gotta have the phone? An assistant coach. Why you gotta have the phone? I don't give a fuck. But if I'm better, too bad for you. I've had to eat shit pie. You can't do it now. But I'm better. I've had to eat. How, how you, you don't even know what the fuck I can do because I ain't but coaching you, right now. But if I mean, because they're like Mike Singletary. But if, if, I, if I if I suck and then you get the job, that's different. But if I'm doing a great job, wait in line, motherfucker. Wait in line. But I did. Wait in line for forty years. I don't give a fuck. Wait in line. <laughs> you say for forty years. Why don't you stay in line, and bitch? Like explain it to me. How the fuck anybody would have a valid argument about the things they've gotten to enjoy since the fucking invention of it that's been built by us and kids on our fucking backs and then you're going to tell me it's not fair? Fuck you. To be fair, 
basketball was invented by a white guy. Okay. I'm just great. Oh, white guys. But you all, right, right. We were just fucking. It was somewhere in India. Was it India? It was like the 1800s. Okay, yeah, but I'm talking about professional. Like, professional. Right? I'm being nice. I'll give you motherfuckers the 40s. Bill Russell shows up in the 60s. And that's what house it is. It's been us from then. It was founded June 6, 1946. Oh, fucking savant. But yes, I knew it was in the 40s. So at least we've had this shit for 60 years. And in that time, let's talk about how many white coaches, how, how, how the percentage every year the white people have gotten the coach over the people who played the fucking shit. You want to go to that pool of motherfuckers who ain't never did the shit? Or the pool of motherfuckers that have? Well, no, a lot of the coaches have played. They may have okay. played in the NBA. Okay. But a lot of times they realize they're not good enough to do But hey, I'm going to learn this coaching shit. Okay. So I'm, it's I'm just no, it's no different. Like, I know guys who are ter- like, for, uh, I've, I've met people. I remember when I was when I was first starting like, in sales. And what I realized, and this is just... You can be a great salesperson, but you can and that does not mean you can be a great leader. Mm. It's, it's there's a difference because mm. some people you can lead certain things when it comes to I'm gonna be the salesperson, I'm gonna drag y'all along with me. But when it comes to actually leading a team, holding people accountable, like it's not it's it's not fair enough. Skills. I'm, I'm saying so even if, if you have the that's it. First of all, all these players don't even want to be coaches. I'm saying the ones that want to be if they want to be coaches, they, that's fine. Right, hear me out. The ones that want to be coaches, the ones that want to go into the profession, right? I'm saying, let them fail for 60 years. I'm gonna fuck Because that's what we have. Like, do that shit. Exactly. Business person is gonna do that. But what does that make you? That makes you my enemy. You, that makes you, you're, you're the impediment. You're the impediment to, to my freedom, to what I'm asking for, for, for my equity. It ain't fucking let black coaches coach for five years and then when they start fucking up, we start hiring white people. Suck my dick. How about y'all niggas wait as long as we have to fucking wait? And then you can then maybe, okay, in 2072, then maybe you can talk to me and say, is, is it my too. This is the review I was waiting for. You know what I mean? Because he's been like, like calm. Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, let's, let's go. I don't want to hear, I don't, I don't hear about you telling me about your struggle, how difficult it's going to be. You know what's fucking difficult? Being given fucking Pete's ass and turn it into chitlins. Giving rotten peaches and turn that shit into to, to, uh, peach cobbler. We've done it, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm about to sit here and look at you and wait on you to tell me how this going to be. But we got money tied up in China. But we got oh, oh, something I do not. Oh, we got to renegotiate the CBA. And if we renegotiate the CBA, we really ain't going to get y'all shit. Well, fine. You done told me who the fuck you are. So guess what? Why don't you watch the fucking milk fucking bus driver who and do a, a fucking series? This ain't cool running. Then get back to me, motherfucker. This is not cool running. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have eaten. We've eaten shit pie since 1619. And all these black all these, uh, companies and corporations coming out saying Black Lives Matter, oh yeah? Show me how much. Because no matter what, I, like I said, no matter what black people come in and say, if black people go to Hollywood and say, hey, invest a $2 billion into our films and studios and ideas that we have. If uh, you go to corporate America or to, to Walmart, and you go to, to Walmart, but to, yeah, to fucking Walmart too. 
to Wall Street. It does not fucking matter. Whatever, whatever demands black people come up with now will still not be what we are. Oh, well, no. So you tell me that you want to be fair and equitable, you want to take your apology, you want to go down your well, line. You basically and put your money where your mouth is. If you want to show right. down comedy, you want, yep. well, guess what, nigga? You thought this shit was going to last for, for three weeks? <laughs> no, baby, we about to put these chains on, nigga. That's what we about to do. And you going to give me this shit to the year 3000. I don't give a fuck. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mortgages. Ricky is the reason Mortgages. <laughs> Because to me, it's fucking insane. Like, these companies are now going to come out and say that. Oh, yeah? Guess what? We know how many you guys on the floor list. We know how much money you guys make. You know what I mean? Amazon can't come out and say, all black lives matter. But when we were trying to tell you guys about giving us more wages and, and not overworking your workers, what did you say then? What you going to say now? They did say a lot about that, to be fair. Yeah, but they said it. What's going to happen? I don't know. The workers are still getting overworked. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all black, though. I'm talking about we make up the overwhelming majority of the black force. So Black Lives Matter? Oh, yeah. But they weren't everybody ready. Sergeant. That's more to the point about the issues we face. It's good for everybody. Freedom comes from the bottom up. When the lowest of the low and the bottom of the bottom get it, just for everybody else, we elevated. So if we sit there and overwhelming majority of uh, black people fighting for voting rights, well, we got to fucking go out and suffragettes. You know what I mean? That was black women that first said, hey, we should get the right to vote. Then white women said, oh yeah, we should get the right to vote. Now that goofy ass got the right to vote first, but that's because we should have got it as well. White women always sit around and be like, yo, we're good at being kept women. And then all of a sudden, oh, those women, well, we want to make sure we're in the face of this See, shit. It, it comes from the bottom up, man. The people that have the least of us are, should be our leaders. I don't want to hear from somebody that has air conditioning. I don't have air conditioning. <laughs> I don't want to hear from somebody that's sweating bullets. I want somebody. It, 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 it got to be Fang Lou Hamer with her dark skin and fat and hair not done and black teeth sweating every time you see her on screen. It got to be them. You know what I mean? It can't be Angela Rye. You know what I mean? It gotta be from my nose today. I don't hear no story about somebody who who got money. You know what I mean? Who got adequate health care? I don't give a fuck about you. You can't fight for me. Ella Baker said that back in the 60s. Ella Baker had a valid criticism of Arthur King. That though he was eloquent, et cetera, et cetera, she was saying that freedom can't come from somebody like that. Because it's right. It gotta come from the hood niggas. It gotta come from the ghetto girls, the, the, the sex workers, the, the disabled people. It got to come from the people that ain't got it, that are not getting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I promise you, their demands are going to be different than us. We look at right now with Mario Bowser and Keisha Lance Bottoms and the other black mayors and they're saying, oh, whoa, whoa, don't riot. We'll reform this. Versus somebody who's versus George Floyd's daughter. Oh, yeah. They're going to have two different type of demands. Yeah. I'm not in the mood to negotiate. Well, I'm saying, negotiation. so... Hostile takeover. Whoever listened to this, bang bang, murdered something or set it on fire. Riding the enemy. It's the same thing. Like every year or every every time the CBA comes up in the NFL, mm-hmm. the top players like, "Yo, we shouldn't sign this shit." Mm-hmm. But the guys who need the money, their demands are different. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yo, I'm just trying to make sure I get to the next year yeah. mm-hmm. because I may only last few years in this this league." Where you got a ten year career, you good. If you take, if you don't sign this and sit out, you'll be fine. I six months, I'm done. But so, it goes back to so, saying, first one through the door gets shot, but he elevates everybody else. 
while you done got your shot off in my chest and I'm going to die, he has to reload now. When I, you, the next person behind me, they come through the door. They get to the, make a little bit of a It's the opposite, but the players who are the top players are the ones that are already preaching for, yo, we got a plan for the future and what we can get in the future and getting the shit better. That's why y'all shouldn't sign this. And the break it for way, no, I need the money. And so they end up acquiescing. They cost they I just want to say also, football players are the fucking worst. They seem to be the ones that are the most behind the curve when it comes to being socially conscious. You can say that they overwhelmingly have to go to uh, black institutions versus HBCUs, the amount of money they generate by the time they don't show up. And, and they have to do three years they have to do three. in that environment. So by the time they come to the NFL, more than likely they're going to be indoctrinated to have that same type of attitude. It, it also comes back to fighting, fighting, with the, fighting for the poor. Uh, because, you know, when you when you dream about you getting the lottery, the amount of money people about winning about getting the lottery has gone up astronomically. Yeah. Nobody's talking about, oh, I want to win two million dollars. When you dream and you're like, I want to win one point two billion dollars from the lottery, like it's some obscene number, number because how expensive everything is. So if you're looking at those players that are a little bit down towards the bottom line, they need to be empathizing class wise with the poor people because I'm like, yeah, why the fuck? Isn't this $3 million I'm going to make? How come this isn't going to last me but, my life? But and my part of it is the structure and the system part because they also know and they've seen it because of what happened with Kaepernick, Kaepernick that if they say some shit, especially if they're not a star player, they feel like they're more expendable. Mm-hmm. And they live in a league, they, they're in a, they exist in a league where they will cut you because they, they felt like it the next day. So they're like, yo, and a lot of those guys, who, especially the rank and file guys, probably don't have a fallback plan, sadly. So this is all they have. If they get their three years or whatever out of this, their four years, and they can try to set something up, maybe do good enough and get a little more. But for the most part, they know that their time is very limited. So they, so while, yes, I would love, like it's, it, ultimately when it comes to the NFL, it has to be the guys at the top. The guys at the bottom are going to always give in because they have more to lose than the guys at the top. Because if I'm a star player, because they even said with the when they did that video, part of the reason NFL had to move is because Patrick Mahomes was in it. Right. He's in, he's your guy. He's right. the face of your league. So now you have to say, and I even with Pat, like he's on well, he's on what? He's about to be his third year in the league. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me, but that's even crazy enough as it is. But his third year in the league. You know, when you come in the league your focus, first of all, is establishing yourself. That's just what it is. So you're probably not going to step out. You know, reality is at this point, he's sort of his next contract, whether regardless of what he does right now. He's going to get, he's going to break whatever record there is right now when he gets his next contract because he's already shown it. Like that nigga said one time in the interview, he had, he didn't learn to read defenses defense in his second year in the league. Like, it's crazy to tell me. But he, I think sometimes with some people, Understanding the power of your voice is something but something people don't understand. And when you're in a position of success or a, a position of yo, I'm in, I, I, I've reached a certain level of I can get away, or I, it's, just, it's similar to what happens when you sign a record deal. Your first album, you're pretty much at the at the behest of whatever the label wants you to do, as far as the type of album you want, because you probably don't have. They probably signed you. But they said, this is the type of artist we want you to be. And unless you came in with a buzz or your own following beforehand, but the way it was back in the day, you got signed because you had a talent, but they were going to make you who they, who they wanted you to be. This is the image we want you to portray. 
Because Whitney Houston was definitely not the person they made her to be. She was not. She oh, was good yeah, as hell. She from Jersey. She was not pop star. No, I wanna, she hated I want to dance with somebody Whitney. That was not her personality she hated in real it. life. Like, seriously, she did. Pink when she came out. They made her R&B singer. That is nowhere near her personality. And people still think she was. They tried to make her think she was mixed and everything the way they dressed I her. I honestly makeup, thought she was. The type of makeup they put on her face. Like, they tried to make her into this image of what they wanted. Christina mm-hmm. Aguilera. She came out, she was this bubblegum pop princess, but that's not her personality was. Right. Like, or any other artist, when they come out, they want you to be this thing. It's not until you get, if you have some success, then you start to have some type of say in what you want your project, your next project to be, and so forth, so on. But what they're also waiting for, because they say, look, you got some leverage because you did good the first time. We're going to let you do what you want to do. What they're hoping for is that you fail. Because if you fail, they say, see, well, we tried to let you do it by yourself. You fucked up, so now it's our turn. Mm-hmm. I remember T Pain talking about, he said, look, every year, every album I picked my single, and every time it was good. And this time I let them pick it, and the shit was trash. It wasn't even the song I wanted. It was not a song meant for me. I knew I wasn't supposed to be singing a song, but I wrote it for somebody else. They wouldn't let me give it to them. They wanted me to sing it. Sung it, I made that song, it was trash, it was not the right song for me, and I knew that, but they was like, no, we want you to sing that song. I did it because the label, that's the one time I let them do it, and it was trash, and it did not work. And, wow, that's crazy. And so, but you, you have to build leverage to some extent, and that's just how the system works, but that, is, that works across the board. Leverage is a thing that, unfortunately, in business is a common thing. If you don't have leverage, and that's what they do, they, they have leverage because they have the money. Whether it's in sports, whether it's in music, leverage is with the person that has the money and the power. And so those things are equated. There are certain names in the music industry you will never hear, but somebody that works in the music industry, if they mention that name, they know who the fuck that person is. Because that person has some type of power. You may not even hear that. There are people who are the most powerful people in the, um, in the fucking music industry. You will never know their name. Lucian sounds like a, video, a villain. He is an actual person. Lucian. Lucian. He's actually one of the most. He's the uh, owner. Is he over the Illuminati? No, <laughs> he's the owner of like the biggest label in like the, the most powerful label in the world. But nobody knows his name. Like I know that name because I know music. But a lot of people don't know that name. But if you ask somebody in the music industry that's been in the industry, you say Lucian. Oh shit. Oh shit. Like that's was he I, like the shit? You no, know, his you no, know, his father was in his, his, like it's like a one of those nepotism things. His father was in the music industry. He kind of came up on it, so it's kind of like one of those things. But people know his name. People, it's 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 just one of those things. But it's 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 a certain level of ooh, you said his name. You invoke him like he's God or some shit. But in that industry, if he says something got to move, something got to move. I, I just want to be clear. What you're essentially doing on your point is empathizing with the. Um, role players or people may have to be on to gain leverage, right? I think, yeah, I think you have to. I under, I'll say this: I'm not justifying it. What I'm saying is, I under, I, I, I always say this: I, I will always understand it because I understand how business works and understand how leverage works, and I also understand that as a kid or as a young kid coming out, coming into the league, whatever, you just have to be there. You're not thinking of your voice because I don't think anybody realizes how powerful their voice is until they realize it. Because if I'm a kid coming out of the hood somewhere, I don't know, I got it because I'm just a kid coming in to play a sport. It's not until you've been around it when you start to realize the impact that you can have 
But you also you don't gain that impact if you're not showing out because if I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a, a player, a role player, I probably don't have the same impact. If I'm a star player, now I got a voice because people are actually going to pay attention to me. Well, I, I think I'm a star believer in uh, you are what you are and to call it like it is. Yeah. So if you are, to, to, I guess, build content to the structure around what you were saying, um, say if you're a poor kid and you're coming into the league or you're working towards getting to the league, and of course, you're not really concerned with the social justice uh, issues and the events that are going on. You're not paying attention that your mother has to work more to a job because she doesn't make enough for her one. You're not paying attention to how much money your mother has to pay out of pocket for your uh, co-pays because she doesn't have insurance. You're not paying attention to the fact that dad isn't around and you know, straight on down the line. Uh, that still makes you ignorant, right? So you're, 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 the best thing that we can do as adults in pushing things forward is going back to those times where we're saying that we want to develop more emotionally intelligent and socially conscious kids. So take that exact same example of a person that was not aware of their surroundings. They go through a PWI uh, because they know they can go to a school, really get notified by the scouts, really get put on, but they're not getting paid. The mob deals are falling behind, but they're trying to spend these next three years in school. But because they're not aware of the decisions they face, that still makes them ignorant. When they finally get to the league and they're just happy to be there, um, and they're just going to just go along and get along, that still makes them ignorant, right? Now, you place it back to the real raising and emotionally intelligent and a self-conscious child, that child's going to grow up having empathy and understanding for the struggles that their mother faced, having empathy and understanding for uh, the black school in their neighborhood needs them for their attention rather than him going out to the white school to get his attention. He's going to understand that when he goes to the uh, uh, NCA, that he's putting in labor, he's getting paid for it because you developed a mostly conscious child. Now, the both the arrival is going to be when they make it to the league, right? When the player gets to the league, let's say you have the socially conscious kid that you raised, you have the uh, not so aware in your kid on this side, right? They're both going to arrive to the league specifically because this is the whole goal of where they were trying to make it from when they were in their mama homes, when they were in the NCAA, where they are now. They're still going to both face the understanding that they do not have that much, right. right? That's their adversity, right? You're not brave in the absence of anger. You're not strong in the absence of weakness, right? So they have to be able to understand that even without leverage, even with trying to discover their voice, if they want to be brave, they got to do the right thing. If they want to be strong, they got to do the right thing. If they want to be good, they have to challenge the situations that they're in. So same thing with the example you gave of a person coming into the record industry. This is what makes Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali. This is what makes Tommy Kaepernick, Tommy Kaepernick, Tommy John Carlos, so on and so forth. It makes them who they are. Because they found true bravery in that experience. And we can only name them per industry, per league, by the handful. So, my think about, so, Muhammad Ali was definitely Muhammad Ali, so I don't have anything to do with that. Colin, let's be clear, Colin wasn't in a position where he, like, he, he eventually, but he also opted out of a $20 million contract. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't like... like they, they were going to demote him. They were going to demote him. But he wasn't down getting demoted. Right, but right. he still opted out of the contract knowing he probably... That's down getting demoted. Which is fine, but whatever. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> the point is, so, it's not like Colin came into the league. Like, Colin was a, so, so my best friend, Ralph, I don't agree with most of the stuff he said. Sometimes Ralph yeah, says Ralph, some crazy shit. Most of the wild stuff. Because Ralph is an anarchist, but sometimes he's also one of the people, he, he has the, um, Apocalypse mindset, the survival of the fittest type thing. Yeah, that's how he feels. New world so, yeah, that's how he all the time. So he has that mindset that oh, we gonna just burn, we gonna fight for the everything. So he's good for some riot protests and shit like that. But it's also some things where he says some things. I'm like, nah, whatever. But he, when the Callan Kaepernick shit first happened, he was one of the most critical people ever. Part of his his issue was he know he had interacted with him, Callan. Through his career in San Francisco, because he was in the area, you know, people who interacted with Colin wasn't this guy. Colin eventually grew up and realized that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say I allow people to grow because Colin wasn't that guy at first. Well, what, what's the, well of so, course, and of yes, course, he eventually got to a point. Right, and that's person. what I'm saying. Right. You have to, like, so I allow people to get, because by the time he did it, he already signed a $100 million contract and made millions. So it wasn't like he had well, any risk. I'm not saying. So it doesn't. That, that, so he had a safety net too, and that's what I'm saying. Let me clarify that I'm looking at this as not just the beginning of a player's life, but the things that he's going to see since the formation of the league, right? So you said the black player that came into the league starting in the '40s, I believe. Uh, I want to say the '40s, '60s. It was the '60s. Um, with the black player at the beginning coming to the league. Same things that are recommended for these all now were recommended back when first players were coming into the league. Uh, what it what it takes is more people to be that emotionally intelligent and social conscious uh, to happen uh, at a more collective point. Well, and then I agree. I think, yeah. but also one of the things you spoke to was them being raised that way. Mm-hmm. We from a young age. So, I, matter of fact, I had this conversation with you. So, because he was talking about somebody posted something about. Um, how they didn't understand how expensive kids were. But I also, I point out to you, I said, you ever understand, when you were kids, you probably weren't thinking about having kids. But also, when you were kids, you really don't understand how expensive shit is, unless somebody tells you. Like, my dad would complain all day about how much he was paying for certain bills, and to me, it was like, eh. Like, he always told me, when, like, but you got it, right? I figured it out eventually <laughs> when I had to do it, but it was like, you have to learn that, because right. I say this, I say, because there are people I know who, when they first had kids, they didn't know anything, they bought all this expensive shit, oh, I'm going to put my son in Jordan this and Jordan that, and I realized, your kid going to borrow that shit in two weeks. Yeah. Because that's just, they grow so fast when they're that young. But uh, you don't realize that unless somebody told you. And the thing is, especially in the black community, life skills are not a thing you're taught when you're young. Right. They don't teach you life skills like that. They don't teach you financial literacy. Uh, all those things are not taught to us. So we are in, it's so, and it's also that thing about staying in a child's play type thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a parent's not going to talk to you about work or their expenses or their bills, all the things they're going through, all the things they deal with on a daily basis, being a parent, being a provider. We don't get that. We may notice it as kids, but we still don't know the full depths of it unless we have a parent that at some point is willing to have that conversation with us and say, yo, this is what it is. Or you get to a point where you're old enough to understand what's going on. And you have That's the one thing I appreciate, I always appreciate about my parents is that at some point, it became more of okay. Let's talk about what's going on. What do you, you know? What, as far as they, when it was something I was dealing, I was dealing with, they talked to me about it. It wasn't a situation. If I did something wrong or did something stupid, which I did a few times, instead of me just getting punished or chastised for it, 
now I want to know why. Why are you acting out? Why are you doing this? Why Why is it this way? At the same time, we had conversations. They would tell us, you know, we had conversations about their experiences as children, as teenagers and shit like that. And also some of the things that, so we eventually did have those conversations. So for me, I was lucky because I know a lot of guys who don't, or a lot of kids growing up that didn't have that conversation with their parents because they were always viewed as you're the kid, I'm the parent. So you stay there at some point. And there's still people now that don't even talk to their parents like that because they have this thing that, oh, you're still my kid. So they don't talk to them the same way that they would talk to somebody else and be open and honest with them the way they need to. That is something that is ingrained in a lot of people. And so it's a change. Mm-hmm. So for some of those people, they never had these conversations. They didn't even thought about it. It was never talked about. Their parents may experience racism every day, but they were never the kids and understand it. Because as a kid, you may, you may be oblivious to it. I know plenty of people that are oblivious to it about what racism is, what the experience they may have had. Uh, and so and you have certain people... And it's just they're stupid or they're oblivious to it or they're ignorant to it. I'm not saying that it's, it's right for them to be ignorant to it, but I also understand that as a kid, you're still following the trend of whatever the adults in your life are setting for you. I will say that's, that's one of the most beautiful things about uh, living. Um, you know, we're all shaped by experiences that uh, happen to us and how it raises us. And uh, when it comes to us about whatever different ways, when it comes to us about understanding those experiences or, or, or putting those experiences in a light that makes you better and, and, and makes you do better by your kids, things of that nature, it's a, a really, really beautiful thing. That's, that's one of the great things I get to experience with my daughter. Um, you know, last year I took this uh, trip um, down south to my, to my mother's last remaining sister. And I, just, I just had questions about how my mother was raised and one of the things that stuck with me was, was my mother ever really happy. You know, and that's a heavy question in itself. Uh, she passed away when she was 39, and that's a, a relatively short life to have. And I had bits and pieces about how she was raised, and I knew that my granddad was a pimp. I knew my grandmother was an alcoholic. So I really try to reach out to my family, make sure they're not going to be upset with me saying this. Um, but uh, I knew those bits and pieces, but I didn't know like the intimate details of it because I, I really had this thought that how I, how I was raised informs how I'm going to raise my daughter and the things that my parents may have done wrong to me. I don't want to do the same thing, but still, it's still a learned behavior. And the way to unlearn that behavior is to try to articulate it from your parents' uh, point of view, from the experiences that, that they had. Uh, and that's to me, that's one of the beautiful things we do. When you gain an understanding, you know. So when I when I learned about more details, intimate details about my mother's life, that made me understand how it informed how she raised me, and how that may inform the things that I may be doing that are wrong with my daughter. That was a, a, a one of my greatest moments of clarity in my life. You know? Yeah, I think I think like I said, how you're brought up and your interaction with your parents, and I think like I said, I think I was I was lucky. I, I will say that I was very lucky because my parents were very they were very understanding and open-minded to whatever we wanted to. Like, I, we had open conversations with our parents about sex and stuff like that. They knew everything that was going on with us. And these were conversations that, and it can end up happening in the middle of a silly ass conversation where we're joking with each other, but we just had these conversations. It'll be times when we all just sit in the house. Matter of fact, I remember when the blackout happened. We all just sit in the house the next day, and we talking, joking, laughing, and we talking about different things that are going on with us as kids. You know, we're teenagers or however old, but we, we were able to have these conversations. I remember why my exes got mad at me because when we were together, she would be mad at me that I would talk to my parents about relationship stuff. Mm. I said, well, my parents have been together since they were freaking teenagers. Who am I not? Who am I going to talk to about relationship stuff better than them? They've been through every fucking thing. 
Like, she will talk to, like, my brother and his friends. Those niggas don't know shit. A relationship with him on the head. But you want, because you want to talk to, like, your peers. I'm like, yeah, but if these niggas don't understand relationship shit, why would you talk to them? Right. I'm going to talk to the people who I know. I've literally seen my parents go through shit. But I've also seen them come through shit. Right. I grew, like, I, you know, my parents had me young, so I was able to see a lot of the shit they went through firsthand. And I've seen them come through that shit. So being able to see that and see the things they have gone through, going through, yeah, it, it shaped my understanding of how relationships work. My dad told me a long time ago, a relationship works when either, I said, relationships fall apart when either one or both people decide they don't want to do that before. Right. Simply put. Right. It's that. If one person didn't want to do it and the other person don't, it's not going to work because one person can care for the relationship. It's, it's impossible. So as long as y'all both on the same page and we're putting effort for it, y'all will be good. When one person falters, to the point where they just is they dropping the fucking ball. It's one thing if they stumble a little bit, you can lift them up. But if they stay drop the fucking ball, it's different. That's a different conversation. So for people who, like I said, I understand that some people just don't have that experience. My mom was homophobic for a while because the whole religious thing, that was her thing. I remember we were at the fireworks one year and Somebody was having, he was walking around with a petition and signing about gay rights. And it's back in like 2001, maybe, something like that. It was, it was a while ago. We were at the fireworks and she's like, oh, I don't agree with that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mom. And I had, and I, and I had a conversation with her, like, why? And she's telling me about the release. And I said, yeah, but they're people. Right. But I was able to have that discussion and that disagreement with my mother. We had to agree on it. But I was able to have that conversation. I people couldn't. Couldn't talk sick shit. No matter how old they were, couldn't say shit back to their parents without getting popped, right? But the fact that I was able to have that conversation with my parents, my father, when I started listening to hardcore rap, like gangster rap, my father would listen to all my tapes before he would give them to me. <laughs> the only I remember the, the two, the first time he did it was with the it was a Bone Thugs Harmony, Saint Eternal, and the Looney's first album. I got five on it. He didn't understand shit Bone was saying, so he gave me that say. But the movie's out, he wouldn't give to me. He was like, this shit's too bad. Right. <laughs> then one day I was in the car and I heard that this nigga was, what the fuck was <laughs> Why is this your take, dog? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that internal work that we all do as humans is part of our beautiful human experience for us. You know, uh, I, I haven't had that ex- I didn't have the experience with my father where I can talk to him about anything. And uh, me and him have had a very complex and difficult relationship. But I found myself at 33 finding a beauty in my father that further illuminates my daughter. You know, uh, where I, I mistook my father, where I perceive my father as this callous man uh, in literally recent days, I've been able to have conversations with him where I've been able to understand the layers that are beyond that that make him happen. You know, I, I was raised with dad, just like fucking James off good time. You know, one of them, like, tougher than a $2 steak. Mike was asked with one black hot tissue and not be bothered by it. Wow. Type of type of man. I even popped a shot, and I grew up in the neighborhood where people were telling me, like, you know, my dad was so badass that after he got shot, he walked into the store for some cigarettes to wear in the ambulance. And I believe it growing up. Um, he fought with my mother's brothers and sisters, and I was growing up hearing stories about how he broke my uncle's leg and how he fought with everybody. We had a really great conversation recently where I asked him about those incidences. And he told me he was like, you know, they were just niggas. You know, they were just, they were niggas that if you put a dollar on the floor, they'll pick it up and put it in your pocket. They were like, they were going to try you. And I was like, was mom ever mad at you? He was like, no, mom wasn't mad at me because she knew they were niggas. You know what I mean? 
And this whole time, I'm thinking my dad was like, probably starting fights, which is a geeky hostile. He was showing them, I'm not no bitch, here I am. And I find that greater complexity in my father. And then I look at my daughter, and I have a bad habit. <clears throat> I got a bad habit of, uh, of calling my daughter bad. Because she's a, she's a loud kid. But I've learned to talk to her in recent days and just ask her questions. And you see that she's already developed a very complex view of the world that's uniquely hers. And it's our responsibility as a father to acknowledge that those ways in her and the ways that those may serve her and not to beat it out of her. And I, I got from a line of, of strict men going back to my grandfather and to my, my, my great-grandfather and hearing how st uh, stories of how strict he was to my grandfather to my father. And uh, I have this kid that is the way she is and I have to be mindful not to be that way with her. I think you can, and I'll be honest, like me and my father growing up because, and my mom stopped working in like 95. So, because at first it was, my dad was working, my mom worked, so that was what I knew. Mom, she was sick, she couldn't work anymore, so 95 she stopped working full time. She was on disability. So, that meant my father was taking care of all of us, and, then, and my sister was born at that point. So it was three, it was three kids, my mom, my dad, my dad had to work more to take care of all of us. So I didn't spend as much time with my dad. I didn't get... The experience, like my, I used to be jealous. When I was at some point, I was jealous of my whole sister, my brother, because they got more of my dad's attention. Because I wasn't used to getting that, so it really wasn't until I got. But in the times that I would interact with my father, when it was either I did something wrong or I disciplined or it had something to do with school, if I was really big on education and doing what I needed to do in school, if I slacked off, we'd go have a conversation. Um, because he had certain expectations of what I was supposed to be doing, and if I wasn't doing it. I wouldn't allow it. If I got a C, everything got taken away from me. Like, it wasn't always he had beat my ass, but it was, you know, there were times, like, I did some shit and you beat my ass. But it was, that was really my interaction. So I think at one point, I think early high school, I acted out just to get my dad's attention because I knew I would get it if I acted out. I thought he was being mean to me because he was always, I felt like he treated me differently. He treated my brother and sister. They got away with stuff that I didn't get away with. And I thought it was unfair. I did. As I got older, what I realized is a lot of the things my father did or the way he acted towards me is because, first of all, he expected more from me. I was also the older brother. So my job as the older brother is to set the example for my little sister and brother. And if I'm not doing the shit I'm supposed to do, then I can't. I, I'm, it's going to end up following behind me. Either way, and I would rather not them make the same mistakes that I made. So he, yes, he was very hard on me to some extent. Not nearly as hard as he could have been, but he was definitely hard on me at the time. So I thought it was unfair. But as I got older, I started to understand him more. Um, I also understand that he even realized to some extent the time that me and him missed out on, and that's why he made it a point to make a full mobile system brother, because he realized that it was time that he didn't get to spend with me because he was always working so much. So he tried to make it better with my little sister. 
I mean, my little brother, but when my, my little sister, for sure, he definitely made a point to make sure he was with her. And made it. So he even learned from the things that he, I think as a parent, especially when you start young, there may not things you may not learn right away, but as long as, long as you continue to grow and get better, I think that's a big part of his opinion. Because not only is your, I always, I always tell people I know that have kids, especially if it's their first kid, I always tell them happy birthday, because that's really your, it's a day for you to kind of, you, you, I think to some extent, when you become a parent, that's a certain level of rebirth for you because you can go one way or the other. Depending on what type, you had to determine what type of parent you're going to be. It's one of those things that you're going to start to grow different because we grew in our individual self, but now you're growing into parents and totally different things, totally different path. So you have to learn not only to how you're going to parent and you learn on the fly, but you have to adjust as your kid starts to come into their own and their personality starts to develop. The way you were when they were one years old versus the way you're going to be when they're four or five years old is going to be totally different in some cases. So you're constantly growing. So I feel like that is an evolution. And you as a parent, you took your evolution as an individual. Now you're taking it as a parent. It's the same way I think when you become a person who's married, things like that. There's different evolutions. And every human has a different path. And those evolutions can branch off into different things depending on what path you're taking at that point. They all have to intersection at some point because ultimately they're some of those things go hand in hand. But I think those are one of those things that people don't understand when it comes to being a parent. And so I one thing I appreciated my father learned as he continued to grow and realize. Like I said, I got workers when I was younger, but at a certain point he started to realize that yo, I can sit here and beat him all day. It's not gonna change his behavior. I need to talk to him to find out why he's acting. Why he's doing the things he's doing because I know my son can do his work. I know my son is great. He's a fucking intelligent person. Why is he fucking up? Why is he not doing what he's supposed to be doing? I know he knows better. So what's going on? Why is he acting up? I think I told the story before, but the day I got caught with the BB gun. Oh yeah, I remember this one. So my friend brought a BB gun to school. I don't know how you got the man. Look a real gun if you know it. But we used to skip school. So we skipped school one day. My friend Greg at the time would go pick his girl, his sister up at Marquette. So we walked over. So we would always go over there with him to pick his little sister up. So whatever the case may be, me and my boy decided to go meet up with him. Because I know he's going to be out there eventually. We left like an hour earlier. We were looking away from him. While we're waiting, this kid who was friends with the kid in the neighborhood, came out to let the flag down. Now, this kid, every time I saw him in my neighborhood, he talked cash shit. I wanted to hit him, but like, he's a little kid, I can't do shit. I'm in middle school, whatever. So, I said, yo, give me a BB gun. I went and showed it to him, and he ran in the building. I ran home, we ran home. I saw him walk in the door. My mom was standing in the stairs like, what the fuck did you do? I'm like, um, so apparently he ran to school and told the principal. Principal called our school because we went on Greg. The girl in the office that answered the phone just happened to know us. So he described us. Knew the fucking word and told the principal. Principal called my dad. Dad was asleep. He had a call. Your son put a gun on somebody. What? Kitty? Not my son. He got on the bed. He in the car. He's out looking for me. <laughs> so by the time I get home, I'm like, what did you do? Dad's out looking for you right now. And that, was a, and that was the one time I expected him to kill me. He ended up hitting on me. Which is more scary, actually. Because I'm like, if I have a sort of family guy with Brian, oh, wait, Brian he, got um, beat up by Stewie. And, and so like, now he worried about what Stewie, uh, um, when, uh, Stewie worried about when Brian got beat him back. That's how it was. I was like, <laughs> I gotta see what one out of him. I don't know. <laughs> one day he might just rage out on me. I'm like, oh shit. So I had to watch it. But 
that one time, like, yo, he didn't, he didn't talk to me. He's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And I was like, huh? Was it? But the fact is, he could have knocked my head off. Probably would have been justified, but because it was stupid as hell. Because almost got expelled for that dumb shit. Because the student code of conduct says that you get caught with any set of guns, you get expelled. So that's what they wanted to do. And they, the principal met my parents, let me, and we talked, and they let me slide. I had to do like trash duty in a lunchroom for like three months or something like that. But, but like, yo, like, I, that could have been totally different. But I think, like I said, it's one of those things you kind of learn. Um, I think emotional maturity is different. My sister, um, she really became a really big ally to the LGBTQ community when she went to college because she formed an organization on campus that wasn't that didn't exist at her school to support them because it was it was a topic and she was seeing all these people. In reality, that's, uh, we talked, we and my sister drove about this right now before. It was like, there's so many people in my family. I said, we couldn't be, like, we couldn't be inside that. It was so many people. Like, if you think about, like, per, like, the average family, we got a lot of gay people in my family. So, we, like, we've been exposed to it for so long, it, don't, it didn't bother us. It's the same thing when they always tell me, you, you go to college, you was culture shock. I had been around so many different cultures. Like, I had Swedish people in my fucking family. Like, like, so, like, it's, my family is so diverse on both sides that like it was exposed exposed to that shit as a young age. So for me, it wasn't as much as like, eh, this is normal, ain't nothing new. But I understand how some people who've never been exposed to it, I've had employees that I know for a fact probably had been around more um, very many black people before me. And so they were apprehensive towards me when they first met me because they didn't know me better. I mean, once they got to know me, they loved me, but I can guarantee they didn't know. Like, yo, they had never been experienced with any black people, especially in the area I was working at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of them, she, she's definitely a Karen. Like, her name's not Karen, but she might as well be a Karen. She's yeah. definitely a Karen. And she, I mean, she made a comment to one of the ladies there. I mean, first of all, up in Lansing, there was a lot, there was a lot of white women. They're all black boyfriends or husbands. Like, it was a lot. So, this one, she made a comment about something about, because one of my old managers used to wear, she her, she wears her hair because of religion. Well, I guess she had made a comment to her about why 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 did why did she get to wear that? Said that she was first she gets to wear a yarmulke to work. Why the fuck does it matter? It's the same fucking thing. Like how is it different? Right. Um, and so she makes comment about they always they always get away with they always like and so the person was like, who is they? <laughs> who, who is this they you speak of? Mind you, she has a black husband, so she's like. I don't think she knew that when she was talking to her. Like, what do you mean that? Like, nigga, you thought we was friends? <laughs> right. Like, we're not on the same page here. There's been the stuff I've heard people, I, one of my employees says shit sometimes to me. Says some misogynistic shit to me. And he just be thinking, I agree with him. Like, you know, because there's it, nothing but women on my team. I have a bunch of women employees and I have white like, two guys. He said stuff, I'm like, He'd be like, yeah, I'm like, I agree with you? What the fuck you talking about? You sound like a damn fool. Because he went up hard and niggas and think, oh, he the man. And it's like, no, nigga, no. You sound like a fucking fool. He was also one of the niggas that was criticizing the B-Way shit, trying to be funny about it. Um, Just all kind of, and he has his, like, it's just annoying. It's, it's a fucking, because it's like, does anyone just think, oh, he's a man's man type thing? It's like, he was a fucking fool. And that's, that's the thing. If you go back to uh, looking at the uh, 
work you have to do, reflecting on how you was raised and things you were given and growing from that, you're more likely to do more of the work that, uh, for society at large. Um, I think Nelson Mandela in the book Walk, uh, Walk to Freedom, he said that men has a role, as we say humans, but everybody has a responsibility first to themselves, their family, and uh, then their community. And uh, the better you can be with your family, the better you can be in work to uh, the community. That's, that's literally the work that we have to do as human beings as adults. Yeah. So I wanted to um, just touch on this for a moment because I thought it was important. So a lot of people right now don't know Lonnie Walker's an NBA player. I think he plays for the Nets. Um, Spurs. Oh, Spurs. Spurs. Okay, he plays for Spurs. So he posted this message the other day. So Lonnie Walker, I, the reason I remember him is because when he got drafted, he had that big-ass thing on his head, so it had to stand on top. Yeah. Like his big-ass ponytail. Oh, wow. I remember that. So that's one reason I remember him uh, aside from anything else. But um, he he recently cut his hair, cut all his hair off. And I've heard this in the past with women who cut all their hair off is because they're holding on to stuff in that hair. But it's the first time I've heard a guy like say it. So it was important. I thought like it was important to acknowledge because mm. it, it's first of all, a lot of guys don't open up to the way he's, uh, about the stuff that he talked about. So this is what he posted. He said, the real truth is the why I started doing this early fifth grade. It was, I, I was coking, it was a coking device for me. During the summer of my fifth grade year, I was around more family. Some of the names, um, that names would be left alone. I was around more. I was sexually harassed, raped, abused, and I even got accustomed to it because being at that age, you just don't know what it is. Mm. What I, uh, I was a little curious kid that didn't know what the real world was. I had a mindset that my hair was something that I could control, so my hair was what I could make and create and be mine, and it gave me confidence. As of recently, I wasn't at my best. Previous history popping up in my head. Mixed sudden mentally demons because of the virus. I, I began to truly look at myself in the mirror and see what I was truly ever um, um, was even behind closed doors. Long story short, I found peace and eternal happiness through the journey um, God willing. Um, I forgave everyone, even the people that don't deserve it. Why? Because it's dead weight. Time doesn't weigh on anyone. Um, so why do I waste time on it? Me cutting my hair was more than a cut. My hair was a match for me hiding from the insecurities that I felt. Um, the world was ready for it. But now I'm better than ever out with the old and with the new. I shed my skin mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Life will always be hard. Gotta play the cards you're dealt and try to make a winning hand. And if you lose, it's never a loss. It's a lesson. I'm gonna be off of the world. But I just thought it was important because, especially as black men, we don't so we talk a lot of abuse in the black community, especially in, especially with, you know, the, the uncle or the family member who mm-hmm. is notorious for Doing inappropriate shit, and we always talk about it from the standpoint of young women, but it's definitely it's definitely something that happens with to young men as well. Um, even with aunts and you know, and women in families that happen to young men too. So it's not an uncommon thing. And so I, I I'm glad he was able to express that, but a lot of people don't, especially as men, because it, it makes you feel like some men may look at you sideways or look at you differently because you opened up about that. But it's like, yo, I, if it if him opening up makes it easy for somebody else to open up about what they're dealing with abuse wise, especially a kid who might be dealing with that shit now, like I I, I commend him for at least being honest about it because a lot of people just he could have just cut his hair and not said shit, but he chose it to he chose his platform to say no, this is why and this is the reason why I did it and now I'm just open, I want to be open, but it's also it, his experience can also help somebody else. So I just wanted to highlight that because I thought that was a very important post of the guy he did it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, to me, it goes back to what I said before about it, uh, saving comes from the bottom up, that had we felt more comfortable addressing the issues that the women uh, face in sexual assault, 
but it created an atmosphere where men are more likely to come forward as a cause of sexual assault if they experience as well. We've done a, a very poor job collectively as a community uh, addressing that uh, wholly um, in regards to uh, the issues that women face uh, when it comes to the untested rape kits, when it comes to uh, the perpetuation of rape culture, whether aggressive or passive. Uh, when we're able to take on that, that's what's going to elevate and help the men who also face those issues as well. Yeah. So I, I want to I want to be a jackass now to a couple people. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start with Terry fucking Cruz. Oh my god! What did he say now? Terry Cruz. What did he say? He said we can't have change without white people. Uh, Black Lives Matter without white people I mean, equals uh, black supremacy. Um, we can't. We're all let's be clear. We're all in this together. Or something to that effect. And then he said, if you call me a coon, blah, blah, something like that. Here's the thing. Black supremacy is a myth that white people created to justify the bullshit they were doing. It's every time we try to rise up or stand up for ourselves, oh, they're black supremacists. No, motherfucker. We just want to, like, we, like, as we always say, nigga, we trying to, like, we want equality. Like she said, we don't look, we don't want revenge. I'm she said, nigga, we just asking for black lives to matter. Matter. That's a very low bar. Mm. Matter is the minimum. Matter right. is the minimum. We're asking just to be looked at as a fucking human being and treated like y'all get treated. That's it. We're not asking to be more important. We're not asking for more um, uh, advantages. We are being asked to be treated like a human fucking being because that's what y'all get treated like. And we don't. That's it. We just want to matter. He's like, what's like, what's acceptable? Y'all exist, nigga. Like, it's the thing. So, like, this whole idea. First of all, Terry Crews is notorious for perpetuating whatever white people believe because he's a cone, and like, uh, you can pop your chest all your day. I don't fucking care, dog. You, you give him Flynn a bad name. Yeah, he he gives me cool vibes. Like he's he did the same shit when he did to Gabrielle Union when she supported him through his shit when he was up there talking about how we should listen to women. When they say they've been treated a certain way, they've been victim of abuse, we should listen to women, blah, blah, blah. But then when a black woman on the same show you're on talks about the experience she had and other people come out in support of her, you say, well, that wasn't my experience. Uh, Nigga. Uh, uh, uh. Nigga. You want people to support her. She supported you when you need when you need people coming out. When other people were killing you, you she came out and supported you. Right. Because black women always come to our defense. That's what they do. Yeah. Mary's here a yeah, he's because of that, but he's he's, 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 he's the most easy to do because he doubled down on it. He wanted to speak what he had. He had, what was it, uh, Kevin Powell, yeah, uh, Tyler James Williams, yeah, uh, people that are specific, you know, uh, guys. His son on the library, he had people uh, close to him reach out to him and have try to get him to amend the way that he was trying to have that type of uh, land. But you can't help stupid. Yeah, and it's like, yo, you are really just, you've been drinking that. As I said earlier, I said somebody been drinking that uh, that was Kool Aid. Yeah, for real, like I'm wasting sons of bitches. Yep. You know. So the next person on my list of people I want to say fuck you to. Oh, be small. Oh, they've been dragging her. I just seen a post today about the first issue. So the first issue would be Simone. So be Simone was on Nick Cannon's podcast or something. And she asked her what type of man she liked. She said, I couldn't date a man with a nine to five. And they asked her, what do you mean? Like, why? Whatever. Her reasoning was, 
he got a nine to five. How he gonna understand me being up at three o'clock in the morning, um, doing shit for my job or whatever, or my work or whatever? I'll be sleeping. Nigga. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit. Also, they say well, he had to be an entrepreneur. He had to be a hustler. I said that you do realize there, which there's a bunch of which has people that are working out in the club. Yeah, you stupid. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, and so that was the first thing. And my my thing is this: I don't have a problem with a person having a preference. But when you basically imply that a man with a nine to five cannot understand you having um, your own ambitions, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have an issue with. If you don't want to date a dude that has a regular job just for whatever reason, also this idea that a dude that doesn't have a nine to five can just drop shit whenever he wants to, that's not true. Mm-hmm. They're probably more locked in the shit because when shit does come up, they got to do it then. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I got a set schedule, I got cut off hours, nigga. And also, don't forget that it was uh, recently found out that the small book that she oh, no, that's what I was going to next thing. Was, yeah. was found to be uh, plagiarized, right. and it was made of extremely poor. Uh, yeah, she, and they said it, they compared it to elementary school. They said, so okay. she dropped it. So this is after, so going from the 9 to 5 controversy, she was like getting killed for So then she's on, uh, she's showing her a new book that they stick this. So she sold this book to people for 30 bucks. Turns out the book is some shit. It's some tip- it has some templates from Pinterest. She saw and all this other shit. The, the, the quality of the book is trash. But she wanted to criticize nigga. Also, but and the thing is, even before now, then the five thing, she was also one of the people when all this shit started talking about you know Christ got us and shit like that. Or you know she said I'm gonna pray about it instead of actually making a statement. Statement. It's like you talking about you want to let the eye handle it, but you want to see me talking about sucking dick. Shut the fuck up. Oh. Like, <laughs> Like, make up your mind. You can't pick and choose when you want to say some shit. Like, so, what exactly does be Simone She's do? a loud, she does this whole loud, ratchet comedy. Oh, boy. All right, you know something else? Her. Oh, that. That one. Oh, yes, I think I might have seen a video. Now she's on, her. she's been on Wild Dog, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah I, okay. We, uh, we make uh, them eyebrows. I know, I know society at large, mm. but also specifically within our community, we make stupid people famous. Yeah, I'm saying you gotta be on some revolution shit but, all the fucking time. Like, you really, but you got damn, like but, the dumbest say, of the dumbest. Yeah, like extremely ignorant, harmful shit about a culture that you're trying. But to that's entertaining to, to people. They don't. They, they, people, people. It's the same mindset of people that like to walk. Um, that look at car wrecks. People like to see just people like to fool and make a fool of themselves. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's the same reason that Chicago movies are popular. Yeah, same reason like. People like to see train wrecks. It's the same reason the reality shows are popular. Mm-hmm. We want to see some people do stupid shit. It's a better way. Very much so. To dumb down. The reality is all that does whenever we perpetuate those things and make those people on pedestals, all it does is perpetuate everything white people believe about us anyway. And it mm-hmm. makes them, it, in their mind, that justifies the way we get treated. It's a, and whether it makes sense or not, that's how, that's what they use it for. Yeah. Oh, that's, y'all niggas that like that. Yes, that's why y'all get the, that's why y'all get treated the way y'all get treated. And now BET, because remember BET was black entertainment television owned by the black man and had all these like actual real programming TV, like, like video shows. Like and yeah. now it's being taken well, by Viacom, which Viacom is racist. Uh, again, um, destroy your heroes. Uh, you want to be be critical of people that you look up to, that you like. And I'd imagine that uh, for most of us, the people that we do look up to and believe, that we do like is what we imagine we would do if we had their platform and their uh, money. 
Uh, so if you like a uh, Kim Kardashian, if you like uh, you know, things of that nature, uh, it's probably things that resonate with you because that's most what you like. Um, but my thing is that there's a way to do that without being stupid. Oh no, there very much is a yeah. way without being stupid. You know, I don't. There's a certain ability to be. So, for example, I would like it to. Um, what's his fucking name? Um, made a movie. It was a movie that made on the bottom. Jim Carrey played him. What the fuck is this? Andy Kaufman. Yes. Oh, Andy okay. Kaufman. Andy like... Kaufman made it. He's essentially, he made a career of being stupid, but he's playing a character in time. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, the type of artistic way you could do this shit. Mm-hmm. I can do this dumb shit, but just know, I'm a fucking genius. Right. There is a way to do it. It takes a certain level of depth, intelligence, and nuance that a lot of people just don't have. And some people pick the lowest, they, hang, they pick the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to just stay in this lane right here and do ratchet shit. How does that find out to be brilliant? Like, what if, like, Ha-Ha Davis, uh, the person that we think he is, is just a character? Or what if, right. you know, I think the uh, other comedian that way, uh, Spice Adams, is just showing you a character, which essentially they it's are. Right, it really is. Right, but you're not going to hold right. the character responsible for how fucking dumb the person right. is. So at least a piece of and that's, and that's the thing. took it that way. And, and that's my thing. If it was that, it would be different. But you, you don't yeah. hold down your stupidity. Because when that thing is, that's when you find out. Right. When you do some dumb shit, and then when they respond, they double down on the dumb shit. But I, I always wondered, do they know? Like, you, you know, when you go trend on, on Twitter, and you have everybody calling you dumb and calling you stupid and saying the things you did and malicious and hurtful. I was like, do y'all really get that? Like, are you going to course correct now? Like, be small and she's like, you look at her Twitter now, she's been trending now for two days. Uh, but I bet you she's going to tweet like this shit didn't happen. I, I wonder if she's really going to address the same thing with, um, what she's what's her name. Um, what's Everybody. the other shit? Candace Owens. No, the other Just hilarious. Just hilarious. Because she came out and said something about, oh, it's canceling people, blah, blah, blah. Nigga, you, you said some dumb shit. You had three, at least three strikes. Yeah. Multiple, she had multiple one, times when you you've done shit. She had the one with the uh, the seat the seats on the plane, the, right? And then now she has the, the issue with this. Uh, we make stupid people money. We really do this. But out here, I've heard people say the argument. But why is we always letting these white brands get away with it? But we cancel our white. I said first of all, this is it. That's the same. Just to, yes, that to me, that's like all lives matter to me. First of all, that's what you're saying. Second of all, my thing is this. If you are of my community, I should hold you more accountable. Mm-hmm. Simply put. Right. Now, we talked about it before when it comes to black-owned businesses. Well, do I agree with people always dragging a black-owned businesses? No, I feel like you should be giving constructive criticism. Now, if you've given them that criticism, they choose not to approve, exactly. that's different. Right. But the first time, if I have bad service, it's a black-owned business. What I'm not going to do is go on Facebook and trash them completely. I'm going to go wherever I need to give them a review and say, hey, this is the type of service I had. This is the reason why I wasn't satisfied. Because we give other businesses that That's like the whole late culture into because it. Because in a business, you have, well, him stupid. He was yeah, stupid. Yeah, but, yeah, he did that to himself, but, but still. But my thing is, I feel like if we are going to, as a black-owned business, a lot of people, people don't understand something. Most of you people that go into these businesses don't know shit about business. They have a skill or a talent whether it's cooking, baking, whatever it is, they have this skill or talent, and they said, you know what? I'm going to start a business. They don't really understand, as much as they may be good at cooking, they're not nearly as good in the business. So, also, 
the people that are most that are best at a certain thing may not be the most when it comes to customer interaction and customer service. And people, you can think people understand customer service, they don't. <laughs> they don't. People don't understand customer service. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not. Unfortunately, that's why when I would ever hire somebody, you can have all the sales experience in the world. You don't know how to like if you don't have like. But I'm my biggest thing is how you talk to people. Because I know some trash salespeople who don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I would those. hire the person who has an extensive customer service background before I hire that person who has an extensive sales background. Because unfortunately, the person who has a sales background, that does not mean they were also good at the customer service point of view, part of it either. And I think, like, are we not a community? Like, we don't, I don't want to be like fucking like people who are like, you know, holding kind of, hold each other accountable kind of, for each other that way because they don't love each other, they don't care about each other. I love the fact that we are closer. For all our flaws, we are incredibly closer than I would say anybody else is. So yes, of course, we have that type of way of getting the uh, uh, issue out to say you shouldn't said that, you shouldn't have did that. What you're doing is harmful. Do better and, uh, and yeah. uh, think better. I think about what you're doing. And I, I'd rather. I'm glad that's something that's uniquely black that we you can we have people in our community, more people in our community. Um, or percentage of people out there are going to uh, get that voice out and all that type of challenge to people's platform as a whole. Yeah, because we have to, we have to, we have to hold your feet to the fire. Because at the end of the day, there is that whole idea of yo, you get to a certain position, but what do you like? Are you getting that? We help you get to that position because we supported you. Mm-hmm. But we didn't help you get to that position just to just say, you know what? I don't care about y'all no more. Right. Like, what the fuck, dog? Bring somebody else with you. Bring us up. Like help us. Whatever. At least give us a voice in that area. I wish we could use that power uh, or, ele- or amplify those voices more effectively. Like you know, uh, I would love to see us mass unfollow people that are harmful. Uh, mass unfollow Shana King. Mass unfollow Breakfast Club. Mass unfollow Gray uh, uh, McKesson. Uh, mass unfollow Space uh, Simone. Jesse Banks, Terry Crews, uh, to be able to say immediately, if you're going to say something that stupid and double down on something that stupid and not be willing to listen to us, no try to correct and help you, uh, go die in space. Who was the first one you said? Because I thought I had some. Um, Who was the first person you said? You said Terry Crews, you said Desi. Oh, Desi, I remember the one. Club. I don't know who that is. Breakfast Club, you said somebody else. Shocking. Shocking. Oh, yeah. Is he, first of all, is he worried about it? Nobody knows. What Nobody is he? Know. Nobody knows. But the jokes they have gotten off on him? Oh, yeah. Ooh, shit, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. Shocking oh. is trash. Um, So whenever he comes up saying, hey, you guys support kids, don't trust it because he's going nowhere. Um, oh, so he's like the light skinned version of Dr. Umar? Oh, he's a, uh, so, so what he's done is he's built a creative platform, uh, essentially profiting off of. Uh, black women's work and off of uh, black trauma and pain. Um, he's been routinely called out by black women first and uh, major publications specifically about him living and selling work from black women. He's been called out about many uh, campaigns and initiatives in Uganda where he has been responsible for things he's tried to uh, raise and accomplish. And however, he still has millions of followers across multiple different platforms and he's seen as a viable uh, spot to get information from. Um, he's very harmful in what he uh, does about promoting that information. He's very harmful in the, in the way he exploits people who want to get that information from him. 
And uh, even during this time, he should not manage to have the following half. So I think it'd be really wonderful and beautiful and ideal if we could just have, you know, have one day, you know, uh, mass on follow Sean King Saturdays, uh, you know, like straight on down the line and start knocking these motherfuckers the fuck out of our space. Uh, I mean, uh, go to our space. Yeah, Candace Owens is Candace Owens is one of the worst ones for me because oh, man. We, we can't do nothing for her. Like, we, we can't because she's already sold her. Like, stuff. You know, with, with me to hold her accountable of the white people and you know yeah like the right. So it is the thing is what drives me crazy about her. It's just annoying because she is that person that for whatever reason she was she was shunned or whatever she felt a certain way about how she was treated by people. So some a, a white person put their arm around her one time. Said, hey, you should be black. You should be like you. And she felt good about it, and so she said, "I'm gonna trash my own community." Like, and it's just like it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um. Yeah. I I really don't know what what she thinks she's going to gain out of this. Um. But it, it it really just goes to show like when people are willing to do any and everything just for for a title that they will sell their own people out. And it's just like she's she's gonna end up getting fucked. You know, she's gonna end up like she's gonna end up like uh, what's her name? The one that was uh working in the White House. Condoleezza Rice. No, the other one, no, not her. Um the shit that was on reality shit, Trump. Oh, Amarosa. Amarosa. That's what, yeah, basically, that's what he, he's like, basically Amarosa in her. She's <laughs> like, like her and Stacey Dash, same thing. Oh, Stacey Dash. That um, so, <laughs> so one thing that did happen this week also with NASCAR. So NASCAR, Bubba Wallace specifically, mm-hmm. make sure I give Miss Flowers because he's, uh, so first and foremost, Bubba, Bubba Wallace and NASCAR came out in support of Black Lives Matter, which is whatever. Right. But one of the things, so Bubba Wallace, first of all, is uh, one of what two black full time um, drivers on the NASCAR circuit, first and mm-hmm. foremost. So he 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 has a black he um his he put black he drove a car that was de- um done in Black Lives Matter um over his car at NASCAR on Wednesday. And additionally, what he did is he got the the them to finally um ban Confederate flags at the races, mm-hmm. which of course. But all the Didn't sit people, well um, with all the rednecks. All the all the, the southerners. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to me because y'all niggas claim to be America first, but y'all supporting the flag that is really anti-America, you don't fuck. Exactly. They fight they fought against y'all. Yeah, I do realize that. Mm-hmm. They're not for you. So but there was one racer who said, I'm going to quit. Mind you, this racer has never win, won anything, so he might as well not been working. I guess he thought he was on Jeff Gordon's level. According he to, won a so race. He, the highest place he had was like 13 or some shit. Wow. It was trash. Wow. Um, Trina. Trina. Oh, she let me down. She let me down. So, down, down. What I keep finding out from these people who have investments in certain communities, black people too. All they care about is what well, my friend lost her store, her friend, her she got money like that, blah 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 this, blah 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 that. Mm-hmm. You don't call your own people animals and shit. And then I, she had the nerve to say when Trick Daddy asked her, What what happens if you get if you get pulled over by a cop? Like, I got my license, my registration, I'll be all right. Bitch. Wow. She must have never been pulled over then. No. 
Lord, she's she thinking. thinks that that ass too fat video was literal, literal, literal. Like, oh, I'm gonna show my ass and be fine. That's what she thinks. Yeah. Okay. But like, I don't give a fuck. I big your ass is that big as hell with a hole through it. Right. Fuck. Because they they don't care now. They if you're black, they don't care what gender you are. They will shoot you. It's just, it's just stupid. Um, also, if anybody um, wants to like donate two Virgils, um, um, two, two Virgils, I'm already hundred dollars. Two Virgils. Um, and you need two Virgils for? Did you know about the Virgil thing? No. You know who Virgil is? The wrestler, right? No. Oh. No. Virgil, Obla, 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 whatever his name is. Virgil is a fashion designer. Hey, Virgil, the fashion designer. Okay. Um, he uh, he's also like the he's took over. He's old, very very old and ancient looking. Oh, no, he's young guy. Like one of Kanye's friends or whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever the case may be. I was thinking about somebody else. Virgil. So somebody posted. I guess somebody. What he claimed happened is that somebody posted that they were paying fifty dollars. They were donating fifty dollars to the bailout program or something. They were protesting. So he. Decides to repost or post a picture of him donating fifty dollars, and niggas is like, "Why did you bother posting that shit? You should have just said, yo, I donated.' But you decided to post it. You post you donated fifty dollars, like you did something, nigga. You rich. You dumb. You gave fifty dollars. You found you probably found fifty dollars in your dresser drawers. You forgot. It was like, oh shit, I've never seen this bill. Shut the fuck, like, nigga. So niggas has been killing him, and so now fifty dollars. It's Carla Virgil. Like, niggas has been killing him. I, I wonder, I guess, as far as I can extend my empathy to is I wonder if this becomes a moment where you're so far removed or disconnected from the real community, the us, you know. Um, I think of it in terms like um, what Spike Lee, uh, he made movies of his time. Like, Spike is a struggle for him to make a really great film now. Uh, you know, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder made uh, the greatest love songs ever during this time, and I wonder can Stevie make that again? Like, is there a point if you just become so rich for so long, you are so far removed from us? And because you're black, you get to speak to us, but your experience that you have is not something that all of us have in common anymore. Well, I think I'll say this. I think um, because. I think because because when it comes to black people, we have a different responsibility than white people. Because white people are allowed to just make music until they're they dead, and it doesn't matter what the music is as, as long as it's them, they can get away with that. Mm-hmm. With black people, we have a certain responsibility to make a certain type of music or make a music that speaks to a certain uh, population. I think the music, our art. My thing is, as long as you make good quality music, I'm fine, or good quality art. It doesn't necessarily have to speak to a certain segment unless that's what you, the message you're trying to convey. Um, but I don't think I want it. Unless that's what you do all the time and that's all you've ever done. Mm-hmm. However, if if you're made, as long as you make a good quality project, whatever that may be, I'm fine with it. As long as you, but some people, yeah, some people, they get to a point where, I mean, and some people are entitled to make trash stuff and still get away with it, but they also make a lot of, sometimes their good stuff outweighs it. Scorsese has made some movies that are not great. He's also made some legendary movies, so 
it's like the balance is off. It's a great movie thing too far between like Spice is on. Well, yeah. Which to be fair, I well, I will say this. Spike is a, a Knicks fan. So <laughs> that, that trash. <laughs> that trash is just has not always been the greatest. And also that trash is it probably seeped into his blood. So <laughs> you can't be around that stench and then not get on you. So uh, to be fair, I'll give him that pass in, 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 in a little bit. But um it's just I do think that some people are separated from the, the what's going on. I think that because they choose to be. Because the reality is this. Um, for example, a lot of people have been saying Ice Cube is back because Ice Cube has been family guy for years and family thing, but now he's mm-hmm. going ham on Twitter and stuff and, and about everything. And um, he's official. going back to what he was when he was running with the nation and shit back in 93. Talking about the shit he was on about back then. Now, whether you agree with the shit or not, he's still... Like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. And he probably fed up. Because yeah. him, that's why like he canceled him, his uh, people like him, him people like ICT, they were talking about this shit back in like 89, 88. And they like, yo, nigga, we've been telling y'all this shit was the same. Y'all just nigga didn't, y'all just said, fuck it. So now y'all really seeing the shit. And it's like, yeah, duh, we told you. So I understand what they frustrated about the shit. They even sure racism and for him. And they like, they built up fan bases full of white people. And it's like, no, fuck that. I'm, also, while I'm doing that, well, first I want to give a fuck you this. Um, so I'm very conflicted because I want every day to shut down my Facebook. But I have too many fans with family and people I probably wouldn't talk to otherwise on that motherfucker. <laughs> because every fucking chance, Mark Zuckerberg makes it harder to support that shit. Because he is a he is data. Without the personality, mm-hmm. he is literally data from without the personality. Like the sun, like it's ridiculous to me, dude. You have every chance. You didn't have to say shit about what Twitter deemed that nigga uh, fact check that motherfucker. I don't agree with that, or I don't do this. Or I don't, like you are a fucking robot. You don't want to pick a side. And if you don't pick a side, nigga, that means you are picking a side. By not picking a side, I know what side you're picking. So. You can't say you're in the middle because really what you're doing is if you're saying you're essentially you're neutral, that means you're picking a side as far as I'm concerned. And he's consistently told everybody, oh, fuck it, I'm picking a side basically because I'm not going to do this. I'm going to make sure I'm not going to do this and this because uh, it may affect this person this way. Fuck them. Mm. Wrong is wrong. Right. Point that shit out. That's a, a beautiful thing if you can get to that level uh, where we can not have to use Facebook. I know that there's no such thing as uh, equitable, uh, I'm sorry, ethical capitalism. Uh, that one way or another, we're going to participate in something that harms our process. But that's something that can change and doesn't have to exist now. And that'd be a beautiful spot for us to get to where we have people like Mark Zuckerberg running a platform that we may need to be able to say, you know, yeah, fuck this. You know, and, and not being it, not having to you know, participate in it. I would probably post it more on Twitter. Than I have on Facebook recently, but that's much. Yeah, I felt like on on Facebook, I've tried really really hard to clean up my Facebook timeline so that the things that I see are people that I think are intelligent and people who are things that I respect. And of course, you still have a lot of it that filters through. Uh, on Facebook, it's more difficult to hold somebody. You can only hold somebody accountable that you know in kind of like a seven degree yeah. separation type of thing. On Twitter. 
Your shit is everybody gets to come on your shit. You know what I mean? Everybody, they're going to tweet, they're going to post tweet, they're going to take a screenshot of everybody's going to come in your shit and set it off and tell you how anyway, it's, it's, it's a better way that we can have a space to go be accountable. Uh, I'm not saying homophobia doesn't exist or, or uh, people with uh, attitude and stupid burners don't exist on Twitter, but Twitter's just a better platform to be able to hold those types of people accountable. Uh, even Jeff, um, the uh, owner of a CEO of Twitter, he's a piece of shit as well. Um, it should be a great level for us to get to where we don't have to deal with niggas like that. So, I want to give some flowers to one to somebody. I want to shout out John Boyega. <laughs> From the moment this shit started, first of all, people that don't know John Boyega was in, was in Star Wars, been in other films as well. Yeah. yeah. John Boyega has been on this shit since his artist came out. He's been on this shit. He been, he's been out playing with you racist bastards on his Twitter. He, he started a comment. It was like, black, like he posted Black Lives Matter. Did somebody criticize me in the video and say, look, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. What I said is what I said. You racist fucking mm-hmm. bastards. Right. Not only did he go on social media, he went out to protest. And not only did he say Black Lives Matter, but he said, no, we didn't protect our black women. Mm-hmm. He was very pointed about, look, no. And he's been on it. There's some weirdos tried to, um, I didn't say they found some picture of him walking out of somewhere with a chick. Don't even know if it's girl or not. They just said, oh, how you talking about Black Lives Matter and you walking out with her? First of all, <laughs> y'all niggas weird. Yeah. It's like y'all trying to find a reason not to support what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And it's really worse when it's black people that do that shit. Yeah. Because it's like, that's when the cancel culture gets Why? Whether he dates a, a lighter-skinned woman or whatever, mind you, you don't know who this woman is. Y'all just saw him walking out of the same building. Right. You have no idea who this chick is. But y'all saw him walking. You see a picture of him walking out of this woman, all of a sudden that discounts everything he says. That doesn't change. Whatever he's doing in his personal life does not change the fact that what he said was right. right. Simply put. Right. But they want to say, well, he's pandering because he had posted his own thing. Um, he says, he joked, he said, my hair is grown. You know, watching my hair grow as a from the prayers of black women. He was, he was joking, but somebody took that and said, oh, you're pandering. You see why? And they pulled this picture. Like, really? Now, where I elevate people like John uh, Boyega, uh, he's an incredibly easy person to uh, to root for. Um, and that's why I said being good is, is better. Um, being emotionally intelligent is better. I mean, you can be that type of way without having to uh, down your people. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to see um, John get in roles and be really, uh, really supported. Hollywood, of any industry, in my, in my opinion, has the best opportunity to make the quickest jump into the future. Very much so. Um, mm-hmm. There are black screenwriters, filmmakers, actors out there that have amazing ideas that we haven't got to explore. So you still got to imagine that we still got our black godfather coming. We still got our black sci-fi movies coming. We still got our black horror movies coming. We still got our black dramas coming. We got our, you know, our black... You know, uh, like we, there are so many movies that we, we get to make. So Hollywood, to me, has yeah, to be movie. writing some of them. Yeah, like mm-hmm. black, we got our black superheroes movie. You have a black Superman. Like, use your fucking imagination. Let's let's go there. We have these stories that are getting to be written. Hollywood has a uh, the easiest path, in my opinion, of any industry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Any industry. If you want to make, you want to give me fifteen million and make a hundred million, you, you better come with me. Uh, we, we just have a, if you consider black art and black people in art spaces in general, if you consider the mediums of art, we exceeded in paint. John Basquiat, Andy Wiley, we exceeded in literature. Uh, Alice Morrison, um, 
Dorothy uh, uh, Hurston, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, Louis Sale, and music. Uh, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna, these the highest highs, and one medium art, one, one of the most successful medium art we haven't had a chance to get to yet is filmmaking. So Hollywood want to make this money, man. We got we got stories from our black trans people, our black disabled people. We got stories, and they, they have the quickest way to come up. And if they just get the fuck out of their way, get, get the fuck out of their own way, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, they're trying. I see that what they recently added April Renee. They were doing their name to the, uh, the Oscar board, mm-hmm. which is a step. It's not. A, it's not. Yeah. It's not. But it's 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 moving in the right direction. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to. They're, they're trying to set diversity requirements and things like that. And look. Some people are going to look at them like, well, yeah. no, nigga, they need to because it's right. the same reason they had to really rule the fucking NFL. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, nigga, y'all need to do this shit because y'all clearly not listening. Mm-hmm. So we're going to force you to do I, this shit. I, ideally, either they're going to sit here and say, or either we're going to say, create our own shit, or you guys need to start acknowledging what can we do. Um, and you know, also, as well, there's a, a certain prestige that's given to having an Oscar being for Oscar consideration or getting Oscar nominations. Uh, just being able to have that type of shine. When I saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco, uh, to my mind, that was the best movie in 2018. And I remember watching it, thinking, like, there's no way this movie isn't going to get Academy consideration. No fucking way. It's fucking impossible. Not for cinematography, not for acting with Jonathan Majors, uh, not for the writing with Jimmy Fails, not for directing. And to see that movie not get nothing, you gotta be like, well, what the fuck do we gotta do? And they're like, we making the greatest shit of all time. I, I'm convinced, you know, if more people saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco, that movie would be automatically ranked as one of the greatest black movies of all time. I think it's because they, they want to continue to push this this image that black people are ignorant. And, oh, let's let's go with the time of everything. Hey, think about it. With, yeah, when, but... when we get our, our, we would get our, our equal of a Titans and music off and similar. And we just haven't seen it yet. You know, when, when you look at what the issues, the things of black, our famous, amazing, greatest black filmmakers have had to go through, what John Singleton had to go through to get Boys in the Hood made, what uh, Spike had to go through to get Sheila to have made, what Dolomite had to go through to get Dollar made, Dolomite made. Uh, these guys had to go through incredible avenues to produce some of the greatest art that's ever been captured on film. And uh, right now we're due, and if Hollywood was intelligent and we want to make money, if you guys want to call it a business, well, guess what? Right. We got it. And either get it up or get the fuck out of the way. If they're, this is why I appreciate people like, because uh, like I said, you have to call, when you see bullshit, get called out. So I appreciate when, um, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix uses platform mm-hmm. one to point out, like, yo, this shit's not right. We need to we need to feature this because the reality is where the shit is not is not fair. Right. It's not it's not equal mm-hmm. and it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it, use your platform and he, that was his moment. And he used that moment to highlight other people, and that's what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's what we need. We need people like him who are in that position where they're being acknowledged to say, yo, why why y'all acknowledging me? There's greatness here right. that y'all are not paying attention to. That we need to fucking fix that because we're missing out on some great shit. Right. Because we're too stuck in the we're too stuck in whatever has been historically that's what has been done. We gotta do it different. We gotta change it. Because if we don't change it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a recycle of the same shit. And so what I what I do say, I'll say, like I always hate the phrase we're in our ancestors because reality is some of the shared ancestors went through we would never be able 
this one. Mm-hmm. This is the reality of it. What I will say is, though, I think we have, it's one of those things like um, that trauma. Well, we, I'll say this. One of the things I'll say that's been the best thing about this generation is, first of all, we've made mental health a conversation. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things they teach you in mental health is facing that trauma. And the only way we're going to face the trauma that Black people have endured for 400 fucking years is like that. Mm-hmm. And that this generation is seeing that, yo, we eventually acquiesce to it, but we're not doing it. Because we can, we can give this shit up and stop and chill for a minute, but no, we're not letting up every fucking day on your fucking head. Mm-hmm. And all right, John Boyega said that he don't know if his career is going to survive after all this. Uh, I think it was uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele said, we got you, John. <clears throat> when I say we are not going to give up the fight, we're going to keep pushing through the shit. Um, we're going to continue to have these conversations because at the end of the day, the shit can't stay the same. It won't stay the same. We're at the shit out. <laughs> we're at all the shit out. And... I don't want to hear excuses about your property being burned down or this fucking this fucking Target or this fucking Wendy's or this fucking local store. All that other bullshit. I don't own none of that shit, dog. Y'all, y'all, y'all provide a service. But if you are not for this community, if you don't support this, if you are for all these Asian fucking um, supplies of shit in the hood, if you ain't never done shit in the community, you ain't never put money back into the community that you take, that you profit off of every fucking day. I want to hear shit. I want to hear. If you ain't putting up, it's put up or shut up, bro. Could we pull up receipts on all you motherfuckers as far as I'm concerned? I, I, I try to be even kill. Ricky knows me. I try not to be that nigga. But when it's time to go. My father would always say, posse up, nigga. <laughs> so with that being said, I think I'm done. We've been doing this for three, three hours. It feel like four. <laughs> this I is the like longest podcast you've ever had. To, to our trilogy. Yeah, it's the longest <laughs> one, I think. We showed up and shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, but he's still a lot of good stuff. But I was the show. Um, I always appreciate your perspective, bro. I love you. Thanks for joining the pod. Come to again. Yeah. Of course, you're always welcome. For Ashley K A Y, you can follow her on that's Ashley K A Y Facebook. No, Instagram. I'm sorry, Instagram. Instagram. Ashley K A Y Evans on and Facebook. Follow me on the Real World K T H A Real World K on Twitter and Facebook. I'm sorry, Instagram. Sorry, and on uh, you can follow the pod on Down the King Pod on. WTK Pod on Twitter, um, North King Podcast on Facebook. Um, with that, you can email the pod at Down with the King Podcast at gmail.com or myself for Ricky Gavin, Ash KY. Bid you guys adieu. Um, for everybody out there protesting, keep fucking it up.